Blog Talk Radio. Let's first take a look at the ratification of the amendment, because this is a matter of controversy. Let's first take a look at the ratification of the amendment, because this is a matter of controversy that um, it got me into a lot of trouble for raising it in uh, the Reconstruction chapter of my, my American History book. But I'm only repeating a, a totally mainstream interpretation. I found it hilarious. People never even heard of this before. The argument that the 14th Amendment was not constitutionally ratified. I mean, this, the old National Review used to just take this for granted. I mean, old, you know, old conservative publications, libertarians, all, all understood this. Uh, in the 1950s, U.S. News and World Report published an editorial saying, of course, we all know the 14th Amendment wasn't legitimately ratified. I mean, this was just sort of common knowledge. Now I say it today, and I get like Max Boot saying, oh my gosh, where did Woods get this crazy idea? Like I just invented it. Sort of funny. Well, let's look at, at what is the claim being made here. There are a few factors to take note of when we look at the ratification of the 14th Amendment. First, we have the fact that uh, to, the, the amendment was proposed in Congress, and two-thirds of, of, of the people present voted to, uh, to, to approve the amendment. And then it gets, then it gets, passed, it gets uh, sent out to the states, and then three-quarters of the states have to ratify the amendment for it to uh, take effect. Well, one thing we can note about the passage of the 14th Amendment is that it was not, shall we say, entirely without blemish. At the time that the amendment was uh, set to be voted on and, and discussed, John P. Stockton was a newly elected senator from New Jersey. And he was known to be an opponent of the 14th Amendment. And he took his seat, duly took his seat in the U.S. Senate at the beginning of the 39th Congress. Well, informal canvassing of, of uh, senators made quite clear that there was no two-thirds majority in favor of the amendment at that time. Uh, in fact, it turned out that the amendment would have been one vote short of passage. So, a motion was introduced uh, not to seat John Stockton. But he's already been seated. This is the problem. He's already been seated. So you can't really vote not to seat somebody who has been seated. If he's been seated you're supposed, and you want to get rid of him for one reason or another, you have to vote to expel him. But expulsion requires uh, a two-thirds vote. They didn't have a two-thirds vote to expel him. So they voted not to seat somebody who had already been seated. Okay, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, how can something be both A and not A at the same time and in the same manner? So they voted not to seat this man who had already been seated. Uh, and then they went ahead and voted to approve the 14th Amendment. Now that's, you know, it's really not legal. It's right, not, not a proper procedure. But that's, that's actually the least of the problems associated with the amendment. Then it goes out to the states. Now, Tennessee ratifies the amendment, but here's how Tennessee ratified the amendment. The problem that was occurring in Tennessee was that opponents of the amendment were refusing to show up at the state house uh, and thereby preventing a quorum. Okay, I mean, you have to have a certain minimum number of people present in order to conduct business. Well, opponents of the amendment thought one way to prevent its ratification is just not to show up, and then they wouldn't have a quorum. Well, in order to get a quorum, uh, two of the anti-amendment Tennessee legislators were actually kidnapped and forcibly brought to the State House 
and, and declared to be present so that the vote could take place. Now, there are some sticklers, you know, who think that kidnapping is immoral, uh, you know, who, who would throw, you know, some doubt on this, the legality of this. And the f thing is that when, the, when the, the House Speaker called the roll, well, these two uh, representatives refused to answer. They refused to, to, to say they were present because in their minds, they weren't, you know, spiritually, they weren't present. They were only there, uh, uh, you know, under duress, I mean, really by force. So they refused to answer the roll, but nevertheless, they were declared present so that the, the, the amendment could be ratified. In Oregon, there was a situation that was at least as irregular as that one. In Oregon, you had a case where the legislature of Oregon voted on the amendment, and they voted to approve the amendment. But then it was discovered that two of the Republicans who had been elected in Oregon had actually not been legally elected. When they actually looked again at the votes, it turned out that Democrats had been elected in those two seats. So two Republicans were removed and replaced by two duly elected Democrats. So some people thought, well, we should re-vote on, on the amendment now that we have the legitimately elected people present. This time they voted not to approve the amendment. But they were told by the federal government, sorry, we take your first answer. Okay. <laughs> New Jersey. Now, New Jersey and Ohio, the irregularities there, are it's not quite so clear-cut. I mean, obviously in Oregon, there's no, that's, that's, uh, there's no excuse for that. And in Tennessee, there's obviously no excusing that. New Jersey and Ohio is not quite so clear-cut, but arguably there's at least some kind of irregularity here because both of these states rescinded their ratifications. And they rescinded them, though, before the amendment went into effect. It was still being voted on by other states. I mean, you could argue that if the amendment has already gone into effect and then you vote to rescind your ratification, it is probably too late. But arguably, they may at least have had some right to, to withdraw but they were told once again, sorry, we take your first answer. And New Jersey in particular, at the time that they attempted to withdraw their ratification, they actually announced, they said that we, have a, we are fearful that this amendment has been worded ambiguously with deliberate intent so that in the future it can be used to deprive us of our liberties. Very interesting. Well, the most fundamental reason, though, that there was an illegality involved here is that here you had the southern states, which they, they ratified the 13th Amendment in 1865, abolishing slavery. No one had any problem with them then. 1867 rolls along. The radical Republicans in Congress, who are the wing of the Republican Party who favor you know, a very harsh settlement with the South, now that they're in power, in 1867 they declare, the, the, uh, other than Tennessee, they like Tennessee because Tennessee ratified the 14th Amendment. But other than Tennessee, the other former states of the Confederacy, the other ten states, were declared in 1867 to be illegal, without legal governments. And they're going to be militarily occupied. They're going to be divided into five military districts. They're going to be deprived of self-government. They're going to have, in effect, martial, military courts open. Uh, so that was all declared in 1867. That was said about the southern states. But at the same time, these same states were told, you have to ratify an amendment to the Constitution. Now they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Because either they're legal states or they're not. If they are legal states, then you shouldn't be occupying them with the military. Uh, if they're not legal states, then you can't ask them to ratify an amendment to the Constitution because they're not legal states. I mean, you may as well ask France to ratify an amendment to the U.S. Constitution. It would be perfectly irrelevant. So in other words, you're depriving them of all the privileges of statehood but nevertheless, you're going to impose on them one of the burdens of statehood. 
you're going to actually demand that they ratify an amendment to the Constitution when you yourself have just said they're not even legal. The states, as constituted in the South, are not legal. So it's been argued that therefore their votes could not have counted. In no way could an illegal state, by definition, his, that vote for, for the, uh, the amendment be counted as a vote in favor of the, of the amendment. I mean, that, that's, that's not to mention the coercion involved here. I mean, one, there was one congressman who said that um, when, when the 14th Amendment was sent out to the states, Tennessee approved it, but the other 10 uh, southern Confederate states rejected it. It was a northern congressman who said, well, the southern states have rejected the 14th Amendment, so we are going to march upon them at bayonet point until they, they do ratify it. Well, most, you know, most legal principle, principles would have it that a decision that you're forced to make under duress is not legally binding. So, so we have that difficulty as well. And for these reasons and, and even several others, uh, very recently, like early 1990s, Forrest MacDonald concluded that the 14th Amendment was never constitutionally Those people seem very odd, budget artists. They've all been to the place that sends you mad. The place that sends you mad? Yes, and you'll have to go in there as well. That's your next task. What do we have to do in this place that sends you mad? Oh, nothing much. You have to obtain a certain permit which will then allow you to go on to the next task. I see. Nothing but a simple administrative formality. That's right. A formality. A simple formality. You merely have to ask for permit number 838. All right, obelix. What is it? We want a copy of permit number A38. Wonder if it's in a galley? No, we sent it to the wrong place. You need to ask at the harbourmaster's office down at the port. What? Uh, no, uh, we don't want to register a galley. We want a copy of permit number A38. The port, you'll find it at the other end of town. It's down by the seaside. We don't want to go to the port. We want a copy of permit number A38. Eh? Permit number A38! Yeah, there's no need to shout. What manners? Where do you think you are by Jupiter? Appliance window number one. Left-hand corridor, last door on the right. Got it? Last door on the right? Last door on the right? There is no door on the right. Uh, he must have got it wrong. Let's try the door opposite. And who gave you permission to come into my office? Oh, uh, we're looking for window one. Consult the floor plan on the sixth floor. And close the door. Impertinence. Now, where were we, Miss Arnica? Ah. 
These stairs are pretty steep. Carry on. This one? No, this is the fourth floor. We want the sixth. the plan. Can't make it out at all. Oh, no, here it is. Window number one is on the ground floor, first corridor on the right. We just want a copy of permit number A38. You have been misdirected. You have to apply to window number two. Next door to this one? No, that one is window eight. I can't remember where they put number two. Ask them at the desk. But, but... Where's window two? I've already told you once the port is down by the seaside. But I don't want the port. I want... Now, gentlemen, do come down. Some of us are trying to work. And what is the problem, may I ask? No idea, Mr. Prefect, sir. They keep jabbering a lot of nonsense. We, uh, we're looking for window, uh, two. Window two. Where exactly did they put that one? The last time anyone saw it, it was somewhere on the third floor, corridor B, door six, Mr. Prefect, sir. Well, then, there you are, gentlemen. There was nothing to get so worked up about. We seem to be getting somewhere now. Mm, I'm not all that confident. So then she bought some material from a Phoenician trader to redecorate that cubiculum. Put hangings over marble, how odd. Oh, well, you know her. The kind has always got to show off. And mind you, she can't even afford to keep a slave or so. Uh, miss. She sold off her Iberian, claiming that she preferred to do her housework herself. But I know that her husband's financial situation... Excuse me. Oh, can't you see I'm busy? Where was I? Their financial situation. Oh, yes. Poor old Claudius, you know. He worked up a nice little business building viaduct. Well, dear, the last... Excuse me, Miss... But Jupiter, how rude people are these days. What do you want? Permit A38. Have you filled in the blue form? The blue form? No. Then how do you think you're going to get permit A38? Where can I get hold of his blue form? Window one. I've been there. That's right, dear. That viaduct at the first breath of wind, crash. Did it collapse? Nothing left but some ruins. Still, they look picturesque in the country. She's at lunch. But you could apply to window 35. Ask them down at the desk. You're at the park, you're beginning to get me down! Fill in this form and then you'll be able to get the pink form. What pink form? The one you need in order to get permit A38, window 12, second floor, staircase B, corridor J. <laughs> You need the yellow form, window 7 on the fifth floor. Staircase K, corridor W. Get the green form, window 14 on the first floor. Staircase S, corridor T. Get maroon form, window 56 on the sixth floor. Staircase C, corridor T. Get the violet form, window 46. The fifth floor, staircase corridor Ha, ha, ha.
We shall never get out of here, Asterix. The magic potion won't be any help to us here. We'll go mad, and we'll be Julius Caesar's slaves. Not if I know it. Uh, now, it's true the magic potion's not any good in here, but I know what. We shall have to fight them with their own weapons. You watch this. <laughs> This where I get permit number A39. Don't you mean A38? No, for permit A38. Uh, no, 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 no. What I want is permit number A39 as stipulated in the new circular B65. In the new circular B65? Wait here. Here. Ever heard of circular B65? Hmm. Circular B65? The one about permit A39. Not me. We shall have to find out from the head of filing systems of material not yet coordinated. Is he on the fifth floor, staircase Z, corridor B now? Oh, well. No. His office has moved to the second floor, staircase H, corridor M. Shall we go? Yes, come on. Circular B65. About permit A39? No, the messages a new provisional material center must have forgotten to let us know. They're on ground floor, staircase 2, corridor U. <laughs> What? A new circular, and I haven't even been told. Now I'll see the assistant head of non-transmitted material. Where's he? Well, go and ask down at the desk. Carry on without me, Miss Honey. just now. What are you after? Permit number A38. All right. Then kindly leave. Some people here are trying to work. We are vibrational beings. You know, we're not just flesh and blood. You know, uh, if you put anything under a microscope, an intense microscope, you can ultimately see that everything is vibration. And, in, and as the scientists are not telling us, there's information there. But it's not solid, it's always moving. So we're vibrational beings. And when we lift our vibration to what we want to experience, it happens first on a vibratory level and then it shows up and manifests in our life. So uh, people who are holding on to rancor, animosity, mm -hmm. they're slowing down their vibration. Okay. Another way of saying is you cannot have what you're not willing to become vibrationally. Ah. If you do get it, you'll lose it. Ah. You see? 
This is why people, they'll win the lottery, they, they lose everything, yeah. or they'll finally get the person they think they Absolutely. want to be with. They can't keep the, can't keep the relationship, or they'll get a modicum of success but can't hold on to it, because inside, they weren't vibrationally aligned. They really hadn't become it. So you can temporarily manipulate and get things, but to have it completely, you have to lift your vibration and, and become that in, in, in vibration. You're not really attracting things to you, you're really radiating. Ah, It's really a radiation. I can cry right now. It's like if I become the vibrational frequency of love, harmony, peace, and I'm radiating that. That's the key. It's going to show up in my life. That's the key. Yeah. That's the word. You're not attracting it. You have to be it and radiate it, and then it, it comes, it is drawn to you. Right. And you to it. Yeah. You have to like yourself when you're by yourself. Yeah. You have to like yourself. I mean, when, you, when you're by yourself, you have to look at those thoughts, the beautiful thoughts, the crazy thoughts. Mm -hmm. You have to embrace yourself. You have to forgive yourself. You have to love yourself. And when you can fall in love with yourself and like yourself when you're by yourself, now you can be with others. But if you don't like yourself when you're by yourself, then you're pulling on others to make you happy. Is it possible to life vision when you're at the bottom? Not only is it possible, that's probably the best time to do it. When circumstances and situations are pressing in upon us, the only way we can overcome them is to go within, to actually begin to ask very empowering questions with the awareness that this universal presence and its law will answer any question that you ask. So if you're in a situation that uh, is pressing on you and you ask, what's trying to emerge in my life? What is my gift to share? Mm. What is my purpose? Why am I here on the planet? Not just how can I pay my rent, not just how can I stop the pain. You ask empowering questions, the universe will answer these questions in a language and in a way that you can understand. There'll be inner prompting, there'll be intuitive hits, nudges, signs, symbols, dreams. It'll come in the language of the, own, the, the individual soul and heart. The difficulty is that when people are in tough situations, they ask disempowering questions. Whoa. They say, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Who's to blame? Yeah. Why, Why me? me? Yes. Those are the disempowering questions. So the universe will answer those too. It'll pull on the database of human experience and say, you were born on the wrong side of the tracks, or you were born on the right side of the tracks, or you, this happened or that happened. It'll give you a, a, a bevy of excuses. But if you ask an empowering question, you'll get an answer to rise above the muck. So it's all about the question, the sincerity of the question, and then the ability and the willingness to, to really listen, to really be available. That, that's where the juice is. And that is available to every human being. Whether an individual is in prison, whether an individual is imprisoned by circumstance, imprisoned in their own mind about an event that happened in their past, it doesn't matter. Once you ask with sincerity, the universe will answer. That's, that's the way it operates. It goes back to asking the question. Yeah. And it, but it also goes back to understanding that the presence of God has never made a mistake, yeah. doesn't do do-overs, and doesn't repeat itself. Therefore, each of us are unique expressions of the infinite. The way the infinite gets to express its infinite nature is through its uniqueness. Therefore, I have a mandate to discover myself, find out who and what I am, what my purpose is, and to express it. And that, and that idea within us yeah. is infinite, 
and is always unfolding. So it's not a one and done. It's not, I've arrived. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm always on a journey of unfolding. You grow where you're planted. You grow where you're planted. And, and then you ask, what's trying to emerge? What's trying to unfold? And you'll start to get hints. You start to take baby steps walking in that direction. And as you take baby steps, inertia becomes momentum. Mm -hmm. And then possibilities start to reveal themselves. Potential starts to be activated. And, and you find yourself, as you look back, wow, I'm changed. I'm different. Yeah. When did that happen? You have to be in alignment with it. You have to have a level of practice. You have to give up your resistance to the circumstance. In other words, you're, it's, you're not arguing and resisting the circum with the circumstance. Yeah. I know this person said, I prayed. I did that. God <laughs> hadn't answered me yet. Yeah. This is the deal. God is always answering. Yes. But are we receiving? Are we listening? Are we available? Yeah. So prayer, meditation, life visioning, it attunes us to become in alignment yeah. with that vibration. So we actually can hear it. We can actually feel it and then move in that direction. Many people, uh, if their prayers would be answered, they couldn't even receive it. They're not, they're not vibrationally ready. Victim consciousness is where many people live. Yeah. Somebody did it to me. The reason why I'm not happy is because they just make, you know, my ex-boyfriend, my boss. The world isn't fair. The world isn't fair. They're doing it to me. The reason why I'm not happy is somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. God did it to me. The devil did it to me. My astrological sign did it to me. The numbers did it my to mother. me. My mother. My karma. Yeah. Okay. That's the victim stage. Every victim has a victim story. You ask somebody, a victim, what's going on, they'll give you a list of complaints about what's wrong and who did it. Fanny Lou Hamer once said, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. When you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, something happens and you start to open up to a possibility that maybe, maybe I'm in my own way. Maybe there's something more than, than what meets the eye. You're gonna need something that is not within your little mind and your little perception. And that's where prayer comes in. That's where meditation comes in. That's where life visioning comes in. So if you just said, help, I'm open. I'm available to something new. Now you're on your way. Yeah. Help yeah. is a prayer. Help, help is a prayer. Yeah. I, I say, when I use the word help, I say, hello, eternal, loving presence. That's what help means to me. Yeah. Hello, eternal, eternal loving, loving presence. Wow, that's a good one. Back in the day when the Bodhi tree existed and a book fell off the shelf. Just, I walked in and the book just slammed on the floor off the shelf and it was exactly what I needed to read at that time. And so I learned about manifestation. I learned about the second stage, which is how to manifest, which is establishing intention, beginning to see visually the kind of life you want to uh, live, beginning to have conversation about that kind of life. I tell people you have to talk about it more than you talk about your problems. Because at the end of the day, if you're complaining more than you're talking about your vision, yeah. then you're in inertia. So this is a shift that takes place where you're actually talking about the possibilities mm -hmm. more than you're talking about your issues. Yeah. You don't deny the issues. Bad things have happened to people. You're not denying that those things have happened. But it's the energy that you give to it. That yes. is a definite truth. 
fact, if you start talking about somebody or you're engaged in a conversation where you're gossiping, before long, you're spiraling down. Energy goes into those lower frequencies. Yep. Doubt, worry, fear. All, now you're in, you're in that sediment. Mm-hmm. You're in that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But if you start talking about possibility, even, even if you don't know how to get there, then your energy starts to go up. Mm-hmm. You know, what if you ask a what if question? You know, what if, what if all my needs were met? What would I be doing in my life? What if everything is really working together for my good? What if all the bad things that have happened in my life are leading me to activating some great potential in my, in my experience? Mm-hmm. What if God really is on my side? Yeah. You know, you ask a what if question and you start to notice little tiny miracles happening in your life. Mm-hmm. Things start to manifest. You don't know how they got there. The, the primary dark night of the soul is when you're losing your identification yeah. with your previous identity, but you don't yet have an identification with what's new emerging. You're mm-hmm. in That's good. the dark. That's good. You don't know. Uh, you, you, you knew this is who you used to be, yeah. but you're not that anymore. But who you're becoming, you're not that either. So it's dark. It's really, and sometimes it's excruciating. Sometimes it's a lot of fear, a lot of disconnect. And I, I, I tell people that when you're going through that, mm-hmm. tell them to ask this question. If this experience were to last forever, yeah. what quality would have to emerge for me to have peace of mind? Ooh. So if you ask that question, and you say, oh, if, I, if, I, if, I, if, this, if this particular experience was, was gonna last forever, I would, need, I would need some strength. I would need some, some peace. I would need a little bit more you know, name whatever quality. And what happens is, when your attention starts focusing on that quality, rather than resisting the dark night, then the process is speeded up. And your identification, you move through it, you move it through it faster. Yeah. Pain pushes until the vision pulls. So life is progressive, and it's pushing you yeah. until you get pulled by a larger vision. So once you have a vision that you can articulate. Okay, so pain pushes you, so it get, it's hard, it's harder, it's harder, it's harder, and it's trying to force you into having a vision, a vision yes. that's bigger than, than, than and the, the pain. pain. And that's a principle. Potential is always bigger than the problem. Potential is always bigger than the problem. Your potential is infinite and is always bigger than whatever problem you're going through. You begin to have a, a, a vision about the possibility. Mm-hmm. You start to be pulled by it. And then once you really sincerely embrace it yeah. and your life begins to be, okay, when I wake up this morning, I'm going to walk in the direction of my purpose. I'm going to walk in the direction of my vision. I'm going to walk in the direction of that possibility and the potential yes. instead of allowing myself to go, oh, woe is me, or I can't believe. Or that. Right. I'm going to walk in the... The yeah. cosmic two by four doesn't need to hit you as much. Wow. You're pulled. You're being pulled more by joy and it's like... I'm being pulled by some, something. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges. Of course. Of course. We don't, we don't, we're not praying to live a challenge-free life. We're praying that the challenges that come activate latent potential. Understanding that pain pushes until vision pulls. Ask what-if questions. Yes. Begin to see, visualize the kind of life you want to live. Mm-hmm. Begin to talk about it. Begin to write it down. Begin to dream about it. And then what I, what I teach is... You talk about it. Doesn't mean you talk to everybody because everyone is not trustworthy. That's right. You talk to selected 
friends about it. About it. You talk to it.、Uh-huh. You actually talk to the vision. Talk to the possibility. Talk to love. You talk to peace. You talk to prosperity. I see you everywhere. I see you prosperity in the lawn. I see you abundance on the in the grain of the sand. I see you everywhere.、Mm-hmm. You talk to it, and then after a while, you're talking from it.、Mm-hmm.
You must awaken now. You are the melanin carriers on this planet. You were the original 12-stranded people, and you were given that privilege through a whole lot of work in time. It was not something given to you by chance. Because you fell from grace and sought to make better than your creator, you suffered by that that you created and then also was brought to your planet that that you created in a higher form. In other words, once you think that you are a god, you must act godlike, not sometime, but all the time. Because once a god falls short, there are so many things that are not godlike just waiting to lapdog you up and tear you apart that you're open then to the whole holy cost of the cosmos, not the faked holy cost on earth. The real Jews, as you found out, are you. The 13 tribes had nothing to do with just earth people. It embodied Lucifer Maldek, the exploded planet, which rained down upon you those lost souls, which destroyed a whole planet in your system that you helped sustain. Many of you are reincarnate Maldekians, Luciferians, and you probably don't even want to deal with that, but if it is truth, it will come back to haunt and vibrate. I'm style triggering all your opening points. We'll see which ones run with it. In the great role of play that is a planet, people are brought to it to learn and to show in physical embodiment, physical reality, in a lifetime, what they have learned in the heavens of Earth. What they have learned on the spiritual and mental plane is of no value until in a time when given a physical body with physical challenges, you see what you can do really under pressure. Time and time again, some of these best people failed. And time and time again, as they failed, it lowered the vibration of the planet until the planet was put into a coma. The planet now wants to awaken. It is almost awakened, and the more you begin to channel in successfully this new energy through your pineals, through your melanin, your energy fields will attract more and more of cosmic light. Let's put this another way. Our sun was nothing more than a step-down transformer. Some people call it, if you're into physics, a transducer. It is now a capacitor. It is a step-up transformer. Whereas at one time it filtered out great light and energy that came from deep space to our planet so that we could live under a sun. And you remember the saying, there's nothing new under a sun. And there isn't. In 59, it completely reversed its polarity, and now it is sending forth energy, augmented by the kind of what they call cosmic and gamma rays that are coming into it. This year, by this summer, 
you will begin to hear more and more about sunspot activities, solar prominences, perturbations, and how our sun is a deadly enemy about to annihilate us all because it is going to burn us up with x-rays and gamma rays. Not all of us. Not all of us. Some of us. And who are the us's? Whoever are the chosen. How are you chosen? You choose yourself. By following the disciplines you know you should have been doing, not tomorrow, but yesterday. By doing the readings and the research and taking the time to spend in meditation, the things you thought you should have done five years ago, you start them immediately tomorrow. By not being threatened or coerced, you do because of the goading mechanism within your own spiritual consciousness. That's what you know you should be doing as though a policeman was there or mother was looking, and you do better than both of those authoritarian figures because you are rising. Once you channel in that light, for every one of you, you're worth a thousand of non-channelers because they're the dead. They will not awaken. You cannot wake for them. If you do not do that in mass, you will be subject to the technical prowess of a people who are soulless that now have control of this planet. And if you're ready to go up against them, I bless you. If you're ready to go up against them alone, I feel sorry for you. For you will learn a lesson that will stay with you forever. You cannot match them in their technology. Forget it. What you knew subconsciously and what you know even as you hear the tone and tenor of my voice is true is that some way or another you could raise a spiritual quality that could match that in some kind of way you just didn't know how to go about doing it. And you know that you had lost something and you wanted it returned. You have that privilege now. AIDS and every other man-made deceptive agent to stop you from progressing physically and cause your journey of life to end quickly will only be thwarted when you can raise your vibrational rates enough where none of those things can exist within that contact field. And then those that met it and made it will meet out its suffering and suffer the same thing that they started. The planet cannot help you to you vibrate high enough to take the light. It's just that simple. Other than that, you will be destroyed just like those that are trying to destroy your planet once again. Number one, the 14th Amendment is very questionable as to whether or not somebody can come over, have a baby, and immediately that baby is a citizen. Uh, okay? know, the court has pretty much said you're that right. it reads an immigrant well, there. This, this is a minority legal Chris, opinion you're talking about. There are many people that totally feel that they may want look, it that way amending is too big a deal it's going to take it'll be two terms i'd be in my second term or my eighth year by the time assuming everything went smoothly because to amend the constitution takes a long time but i believe especially on a very divisive issue. i believe you can win it legally okay i believe you can win it legally and in any event the parents have to leave
no mystery God. There is no God in the sky, and there is no devil under the ground. Heaven is not in the sky, and hell is not under the ground. Heaven and hell are conditions of the mind, states of existence, and states of being. So Jesus told us to stop looking for heaven in the sky. He said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And that we are the temples of the living God. That the living God lives in our temple, and he does not inhabit the sky, but he inhabits the higher realms of the heavens, of the realm of the secret innermost chamber of the subconscious chamber of the soul of man and woman, and this power bursts forth and emanates forth from him to set in motion a universal order based on principle and law. All of this set in motion by a divine power and a divine force that never dies. It's constant. It just changes forms. God is in man. Can't be in any man. He's got to be in the original man. Because if God is the first and everything comes from him, then he can't wait for anything else. He brings everything else into existence. There could be no white man if there were no black man. It is biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive white man to produce the dominant yellow baby. Biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive yellow man and woman to produce the dominant brown baby. Biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive brown man and woman to produce the dominant black baby. But that black man and his woman, the father and the mother of it all, can produce black, can produce brown, can produce red, can produce yellow. And if the seed runs wild or mutates in the womb of the black woman, can even produce an albino, something which is whiter than white, 180 degrees in either direction. to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. on the new Evolution Radio Network. Law. Put on the mind of God is what you have to do. What does that mean? Go get something. You already got it. El Fatah. Open is your work. The becoming is your work. Everything you need, you got it. If somebody says, be ye perfect, you'd have to already be perfect because you can't put pieces together to make perfect those apart. Perfect is one. 
undivided, unbroken, complete. Well, brother, let me tell you something. You already got it. You already are it. You just don't know it. And what I mean is, this thing here does not know it is perfect. It keeps telling you you're making mistakes. You don't know what you're doing. You can't do that. You don't know how to do that. I'm poor. I ain't got. I don't know what. That ain't where the mind of Christ works. But that's what you want to quiet in your mind. And put, I can, I know how, I am. I so desire. For whatever it is you so desire, you decree it, declare it, and proclaim it. That's how you get it. Because that's how you got everything else you got. As to whether you did it consciously or subconsciously. It doesn't matter. You have three levels of mind. The super, the conscious, and the subconscious. And you think on all three of them. It's what you're thinking that makes the difference. If your subconscious keeps making you make mistakes, it's because you keep telling it to do so. And as long as you tell your mind it's broken, it's going to behave like a broken mind. It's going to keep you poor, hungry, and scared. That's imperfect. Turn that shit around. I am G-O-D right now. I am master, able, and noble right now. That's your prayer for transforming yourself to G-O-D. And don't accept anything less than that. Stop being a servant. Stop groveling in your prayers. Claim your divinity. Claim your godhood. Claim the knowledge of the universe. Claim your wealth. Noble Drew Ali told the Moors, each and every one of you is supposed to inherit a million dollars. And he said that in 1920-something. How many millionaires we got now? Hell, you can't... You, what do you mean not many? We got... So many, we can't even count them, man. Where are you living at? I'm trying to tell you something. You have to get you past poverty with this. Quit thinking, poor. Quit thinking, I don't have it. I don't, I can't get it. Don't look up and see somebody else hit the numbers for $20 million and they tell yourself, I ain't, I can't, I, I, I ain't. I. What the hell are you talking about? Why can't you turn around and tell yourself just the opposite? I didn't win 20 million. That's what the sister did when she opened up the Bible. And the Spirit told her to read those verses in that chapter. And then when she got ready to close the book, the Spirit told her, don't close that book, write them numbers down. <laughs> and carried them to the window. Wait a minute, I'm talking about right here in New York. A black woman who used to scrub floors for a living. Six million dollars that weekend. She ain't scrubbing nobody's damn floors no more. You know what I'm saying? You know? Quit reaching for the bottom. And the money's on top. Real money. And, and don't ask God for some money. 
because a penny is money, and he'll give you a penny if you ask for a penny. You know what I'm saying? Quit asking for cheap shit. <laughs> damn supermarket full of steaks. You go in there and buy some damn beans and rice. What is you doing? You know what I'm Get up here. Why is it you don't think you're supposed to live a wonderful, pleasant, prosperous life? Who told you you weren't supposed to do that? Nobody but you. Well, quit doing that. Yeah, quit going for the okey-doke. It's okey-doke. I'm poor. It's okey-doke. I ain't got shit. It's okey-doke. You know, I'm sick. It's okey-doke. I don't know shit. It's okey-doke. <laughs> quit going. Quit going for okie doke. You hear me? Now I'm talking to your spirit. Because that's what's going to get you out of poverty. And that's what's going to get you out of hell. It's the God within yourself. That's the one you're looking for. That's your best friend. And that's the only one who will be with you forever. When Jesus goes somewhere else, that God will still be there. You sure enough want to make him and her your best friend. See? A God that will always tell you the truth. Only if you will always listen. When you stop listening, everybody starts telling you a lie. Because that's what you're looking for when you stop listening to your own truth. Take the responsibility of being God. How do you get there? One way, and one way only. By desire. You have to want to be God. You can't get there no other way. Psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire is the law of mind and action. The psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire. If you do not have the desire to become God, you are not going to become God, certainly not by accident. That's a car running over you. Not God. You have to have it in here. If you want to be a servant, that's already in there. That's easy. Upgrade. You heard the statement, all oh, grow up. Well, yeah, grow up. <laughs> And find out you might be 25 feet tall. <laughs> That's a Reverend Biscuit in me coming out there. Stain. I'm not the one, I think you should fuck with Jelly, you know in advance no. 
I got a goon holding the burner. You can get left with a tan. He a junkie for the dumb shit. Want all the smoke like a strand. Just protecting the brand. Gotta protect the brand. Too much to count right now. I don't got enough hands. Right now, just me and her with it. They dissing. I know that they wishing. I give them a chance. Never get tricked at the spot. You reach, I blank, you sink. I'm gone to the can. I'm going fast for protecting the brand. Say what I said. Just protecting the brand. Hey, go. Get the drop, go hit up his block. Right now. The chopper hole 99 plus one. That's a hundred some shots for a op. Put on for my city every time I drop. Couple niggas stuck and they mad that I'm not. Hate that I'm hot like what's under the pot. Got them where I want them. I heard that a lot. Hey, who you is? Tell me. Big speaker, big stepper. Still in rotation with the Travis and the Jackals. Hot boy around with the pump. Asthma. Double R truck, red seat, plasma. I'm hitting the bitch from the back, got a sand the brand. And free all the bros out the can. Never seen him, so we clapping his mans like hands. Why would you play with the clan? F in the N, A in the R. Infrared beam, it glow in the dark. Put in the work and don't tell what you saw. I'm a big driver, controlling the car. Big bang. They riding the wrong or right. Don't matter. Little niggas told Travis my height. Six, three. I flooded the brand and ice. On me. You reach, you playing with your life. Yeah. Big speaker. One thing about it, I'm a stand. I'm not the one, I think you should fuck with Jelly, you know in advance I got a goon, holding the burner You can get left for the tan He a junkie for the dumb shit Want all the smoke like a strand Just protecting the brand Gotta protect the brand Too much to count, right now I don't got enough hands Right now it's just me and her with it They dissing, I know that they wishing I give them a chance Never get tricked at the spot You reach, I blank, you stink I'm gone to the can For protecting the brand just protecting the brand Okay You know the brand We winning Better ask about the baby And see what they say That little nigga ain't playing He with it yeah. Nigga know I keep on me 24-7 You get cooked like a pan Skill I'm protecting the brand I just standing on that I come step on you Like you a pair of tennis okay. Ain't that what they call it in Memphis uh-huh. Know a few niggas ballin' in Memphis Ball. Got a bag I'm a bag I'ma let you know yeah. If I pull that bitch out I'ma let it blow Ooh. Nigga you know I'm hot And my bitch a hot girl We'll pop out like we Megan yo It was time to go rob out the brand And your boy showed his hand And the nigga was scared to go I think these niggas scared of the lake Got a brand but my brand way ahead of your life. We made niggas famous Put one of y'all ass on the news Now your mama scared of the cable Hey baby, what you gon' do if a nigga walk down And he call himself checking the label Tell my little brother pass me that AR Like a mask of salt and pepper at the table Cause I'm a Big speaker One thing about it, I'ma stand All the way up. I'm not the one I think you should fuck with Jelly, you know in advance I got a goon holding the burner You can get left with a tan He a junkie for the dumb shit Want all the smoke like a strand Just protecting the brand Gotta protect the brand Too much to count right now I don't got enough hands Right now just me and her with it They dissing, I know that they wishing I give them a chance Never get tricked at the spot You reach, I blank, you stink I'm gone to the can I'm going fed For protecting the brand Say what I said Just protecting the brand You know, having problems with money does not always mean that you lack money. A a lot of people who have a lot of material money have a lot of problems with it. And you know, that's the reason sometimes people will say, Oh no, I don't think I want a lot of money because I've seen people with a lot of money have a lot of problems with it. Well, I'll tell you, I'd rather have the problems of having money than the problems of not having it. You hear the old jingle, things go better with coke, things go better with money, even trouble. (laughs) Even trouble goes better with money. (laughs) So don't knock money. You see, that's another thing. And uh, this is why you you need to get the the Master of Money course, because it tells you things to say about money and things that you're never to say about money. By the way, I'm going to give you this word. Here is a terrible word that a lot of people, almost everybody uses concerning money that you need to wash right out of your vocabulary. Are you ready for this one? Okay, put it on the board for me, Terry. Write it big. 
You are never, ever again to say this about money. You can write it right under there, right, right on the side somewhere. Never again say spend money. Spend means it's God. I've gotten rid of it. I'm not going to see it anymore. Is that what I've been saying? Yes. You, when you say spend every, every, as long as the thought is formed in your mind, spend money, you are dismissing money from you. You're saying, get out of here, money. Think that way again. Now, let's have some confession and absolution here. Yes, we do have confession here, but we don't let you come into a booth and do it. A number of years ago, the Central Bank of the United States, the Federal Reserve, produced a document entitled Modern Money Mechanics. This publication detailed the institutionalized practice of money creation as utilized by the Federal Reserve and the web of global commercial banks it supports. On the opening page, the document states its objective. The purpose of this booklet is to describe the basic process of money creation in a fractional reserve banking system. It then proceeds to describe this fractional reserve process through various banking terminology, a translation of which goes something like this. The United States government decides it needs some money, so it calls up the Federal Reserve and requests, say, $10 billion. The Fed replies, saying, sure, we'll buy $10 billion in government bonds from you. So the government takes some pieces of paper, paints some official-looking designs on them, and calls them treasury bonds. Then it puts a value on these bonds to the sum of $10 billion and sends them over to the Fed. In turn, the people at the Fed draw up a bunch of impressive pieces of paper themselves, only this time calling them Federal Reserve Notes, also designating a value of $10 billion to the set. The Fed then takes these notes and trades them for the bonds. Once this exchange is complete, the government then takes the $10 billion in Federal Reserve Notes and deposits it into a bank account. And upon this deposit, the paper notes officially become legal tender money, adding $10 billion to the U.S. money supply. And there it is. $10 billion in new money has been created. Of course, this example is a generalization, for, in reality, this transaction would occur electronically, with no paper used at all. In fact, only 3% of the U.S. money supply exists in physical currency. The other 97% essentially exists in computers alone. Now, government bonds are, by design, instruments of debt. And when the Fed purchases these bonds, with money it essentially created out of thin air, the government is actually promising to pay back that money to the Fed. In other words, the money was created out of debt. This mind-numbing paradox of how money or value can be created out of debt or a liability will become more clear as we further this exercise. So, the exchange has been made and now $10 billion sits in a commercial bank account. Here's where it gets really interesting. For as based on the fractional reserve practice, that $10 billion deposit instantly becomes part of the bank's reserves, just as all deposits do. And regarding reserve requirements, as stated in Modern Money Mechanics, 
A bank must maintain legally required reserves equal to a prescribed percentage of its deposits. It then quantifies this by stating, under current regulations, the reserve requirement against most transaction accounts is 10%. This means that with a $10 billion deposit, 10% or 1 billion is held as the required reserve, while the other 9 billion is considered an excessive reserve and can be used as the basis for new loans. Now, it is logical to assume that this $9 billion is literally coming out of the existing $10 billion deposit. However, this is actually not the case. What really happens is that the $9 billion is simply created out of thin air on top of the existing $10 billion deposit. This is how the money supply is expanded. As stated in Modern Money Mechanics, of course they, the banks, do not really pay out loans from the money they receive as deposits. If they did this, no additional money would be created. What they do when they make loans is to accept promissory notes, loan contracts, in exchange for credits, money, to the borrower's transaction accounts. In other words, the $9 billion can be created out of nothing simply because there is a demand for such a loan and that there is a $10 billion deposit to satisfy the reserve requirements. Now, let's assume that somebody walks into this bank and borrows the newly available $9 billion. They will then most likely take that money and deposit it into their own bank account. The process then repeats, for that deposit becomes part of the bank's reserves. 10% is isolated and in turn 90% of the $9 billion or $8.1 billion is now available as newly created money for more loans. And, of course, that 8.1 can be loaned out and redeposited, creating an additional 7.2 billion to 6.5 billion to 5.9 billion, etc. This deposit money creation loan cycle can technically go on to infinity. The average mathematical result is that about $90 billion can be created on top of the original 10 billion. In other words, for every deposit that ever occurs in the banking system, about nine times that amount can be created out of thin air. Money jitters. Ask the obliging Bank of America for a jar of soothing instant money, M-O-N-E-Y, in the form of a convenient personal loan. So, now that we understand how money is created by this fractional reserve banking system, a logical yet elusive question might come to mind. What is actually giving this newly created money value? The answer, the money that already exists. The new money essentially steals value from the existing money supply. For the total pool of money is being increased irrespective to demand for goods and services. And as supply and demand finds equilibrium, prices rise, diminishing the purchasing power of each individual dollar. This is generally referred to as inflation, and inflation is essentially a hidden tax on the public. What is the advice that you generally get, and that is inflate the currency. They don't say debase the currency. They don't say devalue the currency. They don't say cheat the people who are saved. They say lower the interest rates. The real deception is when we distort the value of money. When we create money out of thin air, we have no savings, and yet there's so-called capital. So my question boils down to this. How in the world can we expect to solve the problems of inflation, that is, the increase in the supply of money, with more inflation? Of course, it can't. 
The fractional reserve system of monetary expansion is inherently inflationary. For the act of expanding the money supply without there being a proportional expansion of goods and services in the economy will always debase a currency. In fact, a quick glance at the historical values of the U.S. dollar versus the money supply reflects this point definitively, for the inverse relationship is obvious. One dollar in 1913 required $21.60 in 2007 to match value. That is a 96% devaluation since the Federal Reserve came into existence. Now, if this reality of inherent and perpetual inflation seems absurd and economically self-defeating, hold that thought, for absurdity is an understatement in regard to how our financial system really operates. For in our financial system, money is debt and debt is money. Here is a chart of the U.S. money supply from 1950 to 2006. Here is a chart of the U.S. national debt for the same period. How interesting it is that the trends are virtually the same. For the more money there is, the more debt there is. The more debt there is, the more money there is. To put it a different way, every single dollar in your wallet is owed to somebody by somebody. For remember, the only way the money can come into existence is from loans. Therefore, if everyone in the country were able to pay off all debts, including the government, there would not be one dollar in circulation. In fact, the last time in American history the national debt was completely paid off was in 1835 after President Andrew Jackson shut down the central bank that preceded the Federal Reserve. In fact, Jackson's entire political platform essentially revolved around his commitment to shut down the central bank, stating at one point, the bold efforts the present bank has made to control the government are but premonitions of the fate that awaits the American people should they be deluded into a perpetuation of this institution or the establishment of another like it. Unfortunately, his message was short-lived, and the international bankers succeeded to install another central bank in 1913, the Federal Reserve. And as long as this institution exists, perpetual debt is guaranteed. Now, so far we have discussed the reality that money is created out of debt, through loans. These loans are based on a bank's reserves, and reserves are derived from deposits. And through this fractional reserve system, any one deposit can create nine times its original value, in turn debasing the existing money supply, raising prices in society. And since all this money is created out of debt, and circulated randomly through commerce, people become detached from their original debt and a disequilibrium exists where people are forced to compete for labor in order to pull enough money out of the money supply to cover their costs of living. As dysfunctional and backwards as all of this might seem, there is still one thing we have omitted from this equation. And it is this element of the structure which reveals the truly fraudulent nature of the system itself the application of interest. When the government borrows money from the Fed, or when a person borrows money from a bank, it almost always has to be paid back with accrued interest. 
In other words, almost every single dollar that exists must be eventually returned to a bank with interest paid as well. But if all money is borrowed from the central bank and is expanded by commercial banks through loans, only what would be referred to as the principal is being created in the money supply. So then, where is the money to cover all of the interest that is charged? Nowhere. It doesn't exist. The ramifications of this are staggering, for the amount of money owed back to the banks will always exceed the amount of money that is available in circulation. This is why inflation is a constant in the economy, for new money is always needed to help cover the perpetual deficit built into the system, caused by the need to pay the interest. What this also means is that mathematically, defaults and bankruptcy are literally built into the system and there will always be poor pockets of society that get the short end of the stick. An analogy would be a game of musical chairs, for once the music stops, somebody is left out to dry. And that's the point. It invariably transfers true wealth from the individual to the banks. For if you are unable to pay for your mortgage, they will take your property. This is particularly enraging when you realize that not only is such a default inevitable due to the fractional reserve practice, but also because of the fact that the money that the bank loaned to you didn't even legally exist in the first place. In 1969, there was a Minnesota court case involving a man named Jerome Daly who was challenging the foreclosure of his home by the bank which provided the loan to purchase it. His argument was that the mortgage contract required both parties, being he and the bank, each put up a legitimate form of property for the exchange. In legal language, this is called consideration. Mr. Daly explained that the money was, in fact, not the property of the bank, for it was created out of nothing as soon as the loan agreement was signed. Remember what modern money mechanics stated about loans? What they do when they make loans is to accept promissory notes in exchange for credits. Reserves are unchanged by the loan transactions, but deposit credits constitute new additions to the total deposits of the banking system. In other words, the money doesn't come out of their existing assets. The bank is simply inventing it, putting up nothing of its own, except for a theoretical liability on paper. As the court case progressed, the bank's president, Mr. Morgan, took the stand, and in the judge's personal memorandum, he recalled that the plaintiff, bank's president, admitted that, in combination with the Federal Reserve Bank, did create the money and credit upon its books by bookkeeping entry. The money and credit first came into existence when they created it. Mr. Morgan admitted that no United States law or statute existed which gave him the right to do this. A lawful consideration must exist and be tendered to support the note. The jury found that there was no lawful consideration, and I agree. He also poetically added, only God can create something of value out of nothing. And upon this revelation, the court rejected the bank's claim for foreclosure and daily kept his home. The implications of this court decision are immense. For every time you borrow money from a bank, whether it is a mortgage loan or a credit card charge, the money given to you is not only counterfeit, it is an illegitimate form of consideration and hence voids the contract to repay, for the bank never had the money as property to begin with. Unfortunately, such legal realizations are suppressed and ignored, 
and the game of perpetual wealth transfer and perpetual debt continues. And this brings us to the ultimate question. Why? During the American Civil War, President Lincoln bypassed the high interest loans offered by the European banks and decided to do what the Founding Fathers advocated, which was to create an independent and inherently debt-free currency. It was called the Greenback. Shortly after this measure was taken, an internal document circulated between private British and American banking interests stated, Slavery is but the owning of labor and carries with it the care of laborers, while the European plan is that capital shall control labor by controlling wages. This can be done by controlling the money. It will not do to allow the greenback, as we cannot control that. The fractional reserve policy perpetrated by the Federal Reserve, which has spread in practice to the great majority of banks in the world, is, in fact, a system of modern slavery. Think about it. Money is created out of debt. And what do people do when they are in debt? They submit to employment to pay it off. But if money can only be created out of loans, how can society ever be debt-free? It can't. And that's the point. And it is the fear of losing assets coupled with the struggle to keep up with the perpetual debt and inflation inherent in the system, compounded by the inescapable scarcity within the money supply itself, created by the interest that can never be repaid, that keeps the wage slave in line. Running on the hamster wheel with millions of others, in effect powering an empire that truly benefits only the elite at the top of the pyramid. For, at the end of the day, who are you really working for? The banks. Money is created in a bank and invariably ends up in a bank. They are the true masters, along with the corporations and governments they support. Physical slavery requires people to be housed and fed. Economic slavery requires people to feed and house themselves. It is one of the most ingenious scams for social manipulation ever created, and at its core, it is an invisible war against the population. Debt is the weapon used to conquer and enslave societies, and interest is its prime ammunition. And as the majority walks around oblivious to this reality, the banks, in collusion with governments and corporations, continue to perfect and expand their tactics of economic warfare, spawning new bases, such as the World Bank. And Guess what I did today? Those were the words I said to you. It was last May, don't know the exact day. In my hand there was a ring. Then you told me that you love me more than anything in your life. So I asked you, would you do me the honor of being mine? Share my humble life is 
in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L on the new Evolution Radio Network. What up, what up? What up? to the gods. What's going down? All right, let me open up the line. What's happening? What's happening? How y'all doing tonight? I'm your host, Joey Brown, Cell Bay. 
Call the number 347-989-0194. If you want to get in the holler at me, you know what to do. Press the number one. Uh, chat is open. And welcome to the show. Uh, I want to thank everybody who came in this past weekend attended the webinar uh, that we had in real estate. Uh, or I should say, I don't want to use that word. Let's say private land investment. Okay. Um, you know. But we did have a professional on who came in and dropped some information. So I want to thank everybody who attended. And I want to thank uh, our guests that came in and dropped some special information for us to help us improve our knowledge and our learning within our our trust community. Uh, We have another webinar coming up this upcoming weekend. It's going to be on Saturday. And let me just make sure I give you all of the correct information. Bear with me a moment. Okay, it's going to be on uh, 2-20-21, which is this upcoming Saturday. It is a child support webinar, okay, on how to deal with issues like child support. Uh, I would like for y'all to come in and get down on that webinar. It's going to be a lot of good information. We're going to go over some new methods. We're also going to go over some old methods um, in terms of some things that you can enhance. We're going to look at a new injunction that's been done. Okay, we're going to look at some remedies that uh, have been used, okay, to get rid of rearage and things like that, lawfully. So I'd like to invite you to come into that webinar. You can go to makemorecommerce.com to sign up for the webinar. I, um, you know, we're getting decent participation in the webinar series. So if you would like to participate and you haven't, right, come get in, come get this info. A lot of people think they don't need the info until they need it, right? And then you need it. Um, so come get the info. Come sit in with us. We'll be down for a couple hours, probably about three hours. And uh, we're going to drop a lot of great information coming up this weekend. So the Child Support Webinar, all right, two twenty twenty one. All right, go to makemorecommerce.com. Make sure that you register for the private membership. It is a free membership. Uh, also, we will have, starting in March... Uh, we will be doing classes uh, twice a month, okay, aside from the webinars. And those classes will have beginner classes and advanced classes. The advanced classes will be trust classes. So I'll be going into different things about trust, how to build the trust, the estate planning, all that good stuff. And we'll do, like, virtual classes, right, so people can come in. Uh, and we'll be able to, to come in and really dive in. Um, and it's not as structured as the webinars, so it's a little bit more freelance, right, but we do have – um, a lot of great information that I'm looking forward to giving out in those classes. Uh, if you're just starting and you're a beginner, okay, um, and you're trying to get your head around a lot of this information, you want to sign up for the beginner classes, and those will also be held twice a month, okay? Uh, and you can sign up. We'll have to sign up uh, in March. So if you want to sign up for those classes and get it going, you can do that. Uh, the, I think the price for... Uh, the two classes, if you want to sign up for the advanced class, I believe it's 75 and I believe that the um, the beginner class is $50. So it's $50 a month, uh, and we'll do these classes every month. And we'll also continue our webinar series, but these are specialty classes, right? So we can come in and really dive in further on topics. So I invite you to come in and get down with some of these topics that we're going to be talking about. Um, and just come and attend the class, right? Get your questions answered. You know, bring your documents or whatever you got, right? And, and we're going to really dive in on these classes. I look forward to doing these classes um, as they're needed, right? And 
we try to make them as affordable as possible. Um, and it's like I said, it's not a webinar; they're classes, right? So just keep that in mind, right? These these won't be for sale afterwards and things like that. They'll be for members, okay? Um, so remember, the membership is free, but we are offering soon classes that members can pay for, okay? And you can get in on those classes. Now, also, I want to um, I want to add. We have another webinar coming up after the child support webinar where we're going to be going into treaties and how to construct treaties for your trust, uh, how to put them together, which treaties you can use for your trust, and all of that, right? So you can register right now at makemorecommerce.com. It's on the front page, all right? And uh, with that being said, let's get into it. Tonight, we're going to be dealing with the topic of lawful money. Um, I'm going to go into this. As easily as I can I don't want to breeze through the information Which I know how I do um, I try to make sure that I give you enough information To go back and build on So You know, we've talked about lawful money before we've, we've dealt with the concept of it We've looked at it as a whole Okay uh, If you go back and look at any of the webinars Right, we, we bring up the idea um, That You know, money Right, is really whatever you make it to be, right? And you can think of this principle, right, with a lot of our ancestors who essentially used marbles at one point in time, right? Something as simple as that to exchange a form of currency. Now, gold and silver is a medium of exchange. It has always been that. Uh, you know, the great kingdoms of society used it. You had a lot of people in great. Uh, Antiquity, right? Who who used gold and silver, right? You can go back and look at a lot of our ancestors, right? From from the Moors to the Africans, okay, to even some of the Asians, right? Gold has been a major thing, and not only that, but gold and silver and copper are superconductors, right? And so. And there's super copper is a superconductor of electricity, so you'll find a lot of things with copper um, in the, in that particular realm. But what I want to dig into tonight is not really so much the history of it. I want to dig into uh, the economic of it, right? And how is lawful money used? Why are we using lawful money? Right? Are you using lawful money? And uh, you know, how can you acquire it? Right now, first off, acquiring lawful money is not hard. Right, you can go to any local store, right, and you can see your lawful money. When I say local store, I'm talking about jewelry store, uh, pawn shops, shit like that. You can see where your lawful money was melted down from a a block form and put into somebody's chain, or it was put. Uh, it's a pair of earrings or a bracelet, right? Now, believe it or not, each link on a chain can be worth money, right? I've had this conversation before uh, with Joe, right? I mean, you, you know, we, we, we rock chains, right? Big fat gold chains. And people ask me, why you watch this big fat gold chains? Well, most times, right, they're tucked in. <laughs> but, you know, because it's not about fashion. It really is about understanding that as a sovereign, as 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 somebody who 
is a national as somebody who operates from the position of a true lawmaster. You understand that having silver and gold on you at all times is crucial. Right? Now, even if you don't have the uh, ability to go out and buy big fat channels, that's cool. Right? I, I don't give a shit about that. What I do care about is you having at least a couple pieces of silver in your pocket. Right? Understanding that operating with these things sets a difference, sets a tone. Right? Now, obviously, you can't go into a store and you cannot buy anything. And give them a piece of silver. And a lot of people will say, well, well, why are we talking about this then if I can't go in and buy something with silver? Well, we have to understand that in the United States of America, okay, the only real money that we actually have anyways is gold and silver. Everything else is considered to be fiat, fiat paper, right? Fiat notes, they're debt notes. So with these debt notes, everybody circulates debt notes, right? So... We, we paying debts with debts and you know that's just how it goes it is what it is it's the it's the the system of a centralized commercial bank now a central bank or a reserve bank or a monetary authority is an institution so then you're going to say well what kind of institution are central banks well, guess what? They're the banks that are owned by your private bankers. They're the banking system, right, that deals with uh, monetary policy. Okay? These are your private families. Now, excuse me, I was getting a drink. Now, I want you to ask yourself this, right? If you was a generational descendant of one of these major families, Right, that controls the banking institution, and you know your ancestors set it up where, yeah, y'all got plenty of gold and silver, but you also are controlling commerce of billions of people. So would it make sense for you to put all your gold and silver out, or would it make sense for you to create some form of currency, right, something that flows around that you can some type of way get back later right or you can cancel it because you can't if I give you a piece of gold you, I can't right on credit or something like that right and I, have, I can give you the gold there's nothing I can do with it right so this is why they had gold certificates at one point in time because they, they wanted to hold that goddamn gold okay gold certificates silver certificates things like that so if you were a member of one of these families wouldn't it not make sense to hold on to some of your gold Wouldn't it not make sense to hold on to some of your silver and your and, and look, look copper, right? Coppers, people don't put a lot of value in copper, but your ancestors did. Okay, so when they created this fiat system, this fiat system was created in a sense that it, it, it essentially allowed for them to enslave people. Right, and I talked about slavery. I mean, slavery was outlawed a long time ago. Ain't no slavery, okay? And all of the ex post facto shit that they lock people up for—if you ain't damaging somebody's property or hurting them, 
you shouldn't be locked up. But a lot of people are locked up, right, because of ex post facto. Now, dealing with a form of currency that is not gold or silver technically can be considered some form of ex post facto. Okay? Now, the gold certificate okay, was issued in 1863. Okay? It's a general certificate of ownership. So it said that you own some gold, right? It said that you had a, a holding somewhere of gold, right? It, it, it was um, it was the form of paper currency that they put out, right? As a form of, uh, you know, people not actually exchanging physical gold, but having a piece of paper that said, "Hey, there was some gold here." So the gold certificate was used from 1863 to 1933. So although, right? Uh, there was paper currency, right? There, there were some form of paper currency floating around in some places of the world, but in the United States, right, after the war, okay, and actually, I don't even want to say after the war, right, in the middle of the war is when they started doing a lot of this. Each certificate gave its holder title to a corresponding amount of gold, okay, at a statutory rate of $20.67 per troy ounce. Okay. Now, you've got to go look up what was known as Coinage Act of 1834. So the Coinage Act, right, and, you know, you got to understand that if you – I don't think um, some people have been paying attention. But if you've been paying attention, then you'll know that you can go into a gas station in some places right now, and they'll tell you that there's a coin shortage or they're not making certain coins, right? So this is also, right, a violation, right, that they're not making coins. But let me keep going. The Coinage Act of 1834 was passed by the United States Congress on June 28, 1834, right? It raised the silver to gold weight ratio from its uh, 1792 level of 15 to 1, okay? So the act that was done uh, was done by, uh, what's his name? Um, Andrew Jackson was his name, Okay. So Andrew Jackson comes in, right, and he basically says, look, we're going to define uh, the coins in our country, right, and we're going to do it by weight, and then we're going to allow the Treasury Department to pay $5, right, to mint the full amount of that in gold. Okay, so understand that when they came in and they did this, the Central Bank, right, now the Federal Reserve didn't officially kick off into the, the 19, like 1913, somewhere in there, right? But understand that prior to that, the Treasury Department or the Mint Department was printing your money. What up? What up, everybody in the chat? How y'all doing? All right. So the Mint Department was printing your money early on, okay? Now, a little historical context, right? Um... This whole coinage act thing, right? It sped up the process of getting coins minted. So the coin legislation was passed during uh, the political battle that was going on, right? And and really, it was. And you have to understand that anytime that they do something like an act like that, and they're dealing with money, it's because it's affecting them more than it's probably affecting you. Okay. Now, from 1862 to 1879. United States notes were considered as legal tender. So dominant paper currency, 
right, was the legal tender, but were not convertible at face value into gold and traded at a discount. So some transactions, right, had to be done in gold or silver. I don't know if y'all. I don't know if y'all heard that clip I played with Donald Trump. Right, matter of fact, let me see if I can play it real quick for y'all, so y'all can y'all can see what I'm saying about how people are still using gold. Hold on. Okay, I got it. I'm a, I want to play it real quick so that y'all can hear it. All right. Because you need to understand that this shit ain't went out of style. People still buying stuff with gold. This motherfucker bought, this was actually, what he did was he got a building on credit. Then he turns around and says, I'm going to rent some of my units out, but I'll accept gold as well. So the company comes in and says, we're going to give him some gold and we're going to rent out some units. Check it out. Donald Trump says gold is better than cold, hard cash. Donald Trump is renting out the 50th floor of 40 Wall Street for 10 years to APMEX, American Precious Metals Exchange, and accepting three 32-ounce gold bars as a security deposit. Well, sadly, we all know what's happening to the dollar. The dollar is going down, and it's not a pretty picture, and it's not being sustained by proper policy and proper thinking. This was an opportunity, and maybe an opportunity to show people what's happening with the dollar so that we can do something about it. Michael Haynes, CEO of AppMex, is the mastermind who hatched this plan. To us, cash, gold, they're the, basically the same asset. As we were negotiating this, we went to Mr. Trump, who I think is a very smart guy, and we presented him with some data, and you just heard him speak and say, it didn't take me very long to say, yes, I want the gold instead of the cash. Are you trying to line up any more deals like this? Well, as... as Personal as, or professional? Well, as we continue to expand our, our footprint here in New York, we're planning on taking some more space, hopefully, as our business continues to grow and we expand around the globe. And as we take on more obligations there, perhaps we'll be, we'll be required to give more gold as a security deposit. Mr. Trump is also ready to keep doing business in gold. I never thought this would happen. This is the first time it's actually happened, and maybe it's going to set a trend. A trend that would turn gold from just a safe haven investment and into a viable business alternative to the U.S. dollar. Now, for all of those out there who want to talk about Bitcoin and, um, you know, digital currency, right? Understand that when you're dealing with lawful money, right, digital currency is not lawful money. But let me say this. They have come up with a program now where uh, I think it's coming soon. I think it's with Bitcoin where, you know, your Bitcoin can be backed by gold. Pretty cool. But you better find a reliable source to make sure you can collect on that gold. And even then, you think they're going to send you a bar to a gold? No, they're going to send your ass a gold certificate. A certificate, right? So the only real, and I'll say it again, the only real lawful money is having physical silver or gold. And this is why we told y'all to go collect some of that shit. Because you want to have it. Now, lawful money is a form of currency that's issued by the United States. So the United States likes to say that their money is lawful. Now, let's think about this for a second, right? The Federal Reserve makes their codes. The United States makes their codes. They are in conjunction with each other, right? Because they're hired 
right, to act as a central banking uh, facilitation unit, right, to, to issue basically notes. So the United States says, hey, our, our Federal Reserve System, our federal notes is lawful money. And they're technically right. In the sense that it's lawful money for their system for what they consider to be lawful for those who operate under that system. Right? Now, the one thing that cannot be overlooked is the fact that if you look at House Joint Resolution 192, they got rid of all of your ancestors' gold and silver and told them to turn it in. But then they had to create a public law to say that you could turn around and then discharge all of your debt. Because you had full faith and credit Okay So Then we have to ask ourselves Well If I can't use gold and silver Okay And I can't discharge my debt Right With A gold coin I can't walk into a car dealer and give them a gold coin Right Unless they know how to actually Take that, monetize it, break it down And use it, right You have to use their currency So you've been given What's called full faith and credit Now, under the Full faith and credit clause Okay Section 1 of the United States Constitution The full faith and credit clause addresses The duties that states Within the United States, they have to respect All public acts Records and judicial proceedings Of every other state so this is where Your stare dices comes in This is where what happens in one case Happens in another this is why Full faith and credit comes in place Right full faith and credit says Hey if if they're going to take Lawful money there they, we got to take it here too Now why is that Because the states are in union With each other ain't no motherfucking disharmony These states are in union with each other Right there are still the Republican form of government in the states. Okay, there's a democracy. Don't get me wrong, but there's a Republican form of government that's called the private side. This is why you have public and private. This is why your dollar has public and private on it. People don't. People overlook it, right? Your your dollar is connected, right? You you take a dollar and cut it in half. One half's got the private side, the other one's got the public. But guess what? They were connected. Separate but equal. And you can use the dollar for all debts, public and private. Now, if you go back and look at, um, go back and look at an old dollar, right? Or, or I should say a silver certificate, right? Now, the silver certificate of 1928 at the bottom, it says what? Pay to the bearer one silver dollar or a silver dollar equal to 77 ounces, right? Or pay on demand. You'll find different ones throughout history. But if you look at a Federal Reserve note, it says to, it says pay to the bearer nothing. It says one dollar at the bottom of that bitch. Now, if you don't know what the word bearer means, right, it, it, it means that you're as a holder of a security instrument. Okay? It's a personal thing that carries or holds something. Okay? A person who represents, well, excuse me, well, you are representing, but a person who presents a check or an order to pay money. 
Okay? So, I want you to understand why we use 1331 United States Code, right, for uh, accepting gifts and all of that, right? Because you're supposed to be able to step to these people and get your redemption. I like that old school in the background. Now, um, you know, it's what's, I'm going to tell you what's really interesting about this is that this is a lost uh, form of art. It's a lost education. People don't know how to use money anymore. And because we have lost uh, all really knowledge of what money is, the system continues to perpetuate itself. Now, I by no means am going to sit here and tell you that I'm against the system, right? I'm, I'm not against the system at all, but I'm, I am for being able to use the currency of our ancestors. I am for being able to exchange their currency for mine on equal footing. This is why you used to be able, they used to tell you, right, uh, exchange at any Federal Reserve Bank. So you could be able to go into a Federal Reserve Bank and you could take that shit in exchange. Now, guess what? You can still do that today. They just don't make it known. Okay? So when, when we're using lawful money, understand that the use of lawful money is a demand of payment. Straight up. Now, um, I'm going to give y'all some facts here. We're going to go through some, some heavy information, so stay with me, right? The dollar bill that we carry around in our wallets, that is not lawful money. Just, let's just put that out there. Okay? It reads, legal tender for all debts, public and private. It's issued by a Federal Reserve Bank. It's not issued by your Treasury Department. So, then you got the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, which establishes uh, a Federal Reserve System. Which is your central bank system Now every country, if you don't know this Has a central banking system Okay They got a central banking system in every country Right, and Washington D.C. District of Columbia, right Is where your treasury department is located at Okay Now, uh, some currencies That can be used by the National Banking Association As lawful money reserves Were also not considered as legal tender so Congress stepped in and it did the Federal Reserve Act to include all U.S. dot coins, durations coins, right? And then they made that currency as legal tender for all purposes. See, that's why they also created the Commerce Clause so, because then they come in and they say, well, Congress has the ability to regulate what we do, right, with our money. And if we – and if we, we give Congress this authority. Congress can step in, and then they can say, hey, look, we want to implore a central bank. We don't want to use our treasury. You know they did this because throughout history, the presidents was using the, they was using all the money up. We was broke. I'm going to say we was broke. They was broke. The settlers, they came here and created their government. Okay, they got permission from the sultan to create their government, right? And we helped them to establish their government. Don't don't think we didn't. Okay, they didn't just go to the Sultan. There was a lot more involved. But they they took the Iroquois Confederacy Constitution and they shaped it. Right? They shaped their government into what they wanted it to be. So by them doing that, 
that allowed for them to essentially come in and say, look, we're going to change our money over because we're going broke. These wars is draining the shit out of us. Nigga, we broke. Abraham Lincoln, they shot this motherfucker, and they shot JFK. Why? Because they were trying to change the money system over. Abraham Lincoln wanted your greenbacks. Now, you know the greenbacks were used during the Civil War? Right? So, matter of fact, let's pull it up. Okay, because I want to make sure that um, that we understand some basics here, right? When we're talking about this, right? And and, and the, the, listen, the greenbacks, uh, you know, they were pretty controversial, you know. Now, and and it was also guess what it also was? It was a fiat currency, right? See, Lincoln says, well, look, we're running out of money. This war is killing us, and if we don't do something soon, we're gonna have a major problem. So the greenback was a paper dollar that Lincoln wanted to establish for the people. Okay? Now, in the mid-1800s, the Continental Congress did not have the taxing authority that they have today. You understand? They didn't have – listen, there was no financial backing. See, see, let me explain this very thoroughly. Abraham Lincoln had a great idea. You can't do that shit by yourself, okay? This is why they got this motherfucker on the penny facing the other way. They they damn near was 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 slandering him, calling him a nigga, okay? Now the greenback didn't have anything that was backing it, okay? There, there really wasn't any full value to the greenback, so because there wasn't any value to the greenback. They didn't like that. So when the Federal Reserve System stepped in, uh, you know, and like I said, they came long before 1913. But when they stepped in, their system was to back all the money, right? By what? Your labor. Your shit's backed by labor. Go out there and work for that shit. Right? And that's what's going to back this money wealth. Okay. Now I'm gonna give you guys the legal definition here, so so that you guys can get it. Hold on, we'll pull it up. Okay. Now, labor, and and you know we all think of labor like you get up and go to work every day, right? But you have to think of the coffer accounts. And I've, I have played the, the record on the co- the coffer accounts, right? Um, but. Here, and I, I want to give you a really good definition. I don't like that one. Okay. Labor is work, uh, a great effort of something. It's considered an expenditure of physical or mental uh, effort, right? Let's give you another definition here. It's an idiom, right? So it's a, it's a noun. Not an idiot, an idiom. But uh, here's another one for you. Okay, uh, work for wages, childbirth. For school, uh, we know child. And here's the other thing: childbirth is labor, right? Your mama works to give you birth, and then they turn around and they put that security on you. So then you become worth something. So that's that's where they get the whole idea from of doing it early. Fuck it, let's 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 make the birth the labor, and we're gonna back that labor from when your mama gave labor. 
for that person's whole life based on their work. Now, every neighborhood in the country, and I mean every neighborhood, statistically has a set value amount for how much that child should make based on what the people in that particular area generally make. Now, if that's not a blockbuster, I don't know what is. Listen, do you know that they put the highest amount of labor on who? Melanated more. Because they know that you're going to get your ass up every day. You're going to go to to your job. You're going to clock eight to ten hours. And then you're going to come home, be tired, and then get up and do it all over again. Meanwhile, Caucasians, right, and and some of them do the same thing, right? So they caught up in the same race, okay? Uh, Go read the book uh, of White Cargo, okay? And you're going to see this in White Cargo, where in White Cargo... They was coming over here as early as the 1500s, right? And they were becoming labor, slave labor. So their labor was being backed, right, or their indentured servitude that they had to pay off was being backed by their labor, okay? This is a game that's been going on for a very long time, okay? But in the Caucasian neighborhood today, what we call the suburbs, their value may not be as um, I don't even want to say as high as yours because they value them on a monetary scale to be a, a group of people who are going to make essentially more money than you. Right? That's that's how they look at it. That's why this is why they had to do civil rights, and equal opportunity, employment, all that shit. Right? Because black black folks wanted to come in and make more money. Now, not understanding that you are the money, you really like technically are the money. So, when somebody asks you how much you think you should make, motherfucker, I should be making billions. Matter of fact, I want to make quads, quadrillions. You got, you do know that there's people out there who are nine and ten figure earners, right? And this, this is not a joke. There really are people who make quads, okay? And they're doing it off of your labor. They're doing it off of securities, okay? Now. Where's the intrinsic value of a security? It's normally with the chattel, some type of chattel. So let's just talk about this, and and we're going to go back into the whole idea of full faith and credit. But what is chattel, right? Chattel slavery, chattel property, chattel labor. What is chattel? And somebody might say, well, he's talking about cattle? No, I'm talking about chattel. Right, the ability for them to to round you up, right, <laughs> in some form of slavery, right, some form of uh, of, uh, of of property, right, something that's movable because you can get up and move around all day long, right. So something that's animated, something that's uh, uh, I want to say when I say movable, right, it's 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 something that basically can be borrowed against. Okay? It's some it's a French word, chattel. Comes from the Latin word capital. Okay? It's French. Now you may understand why there was such a big fight over uh you know, your French quarters and things like that, right? And the people down there. That was all chattel property. 
that that whole thing was about chattel. It was about chattel territory, right? It was about security interest. It was about dwellings. Okay. So understanding that chattel, when we talk about chattel slavery, right? Uh, you know, technically, when, when you look at slavery, slavery's been outlawed a long time. But slavery was a a commercial institution. I would highly recommend that y'all go check out that movie Annabella. Very, it's a very good movie with Janelle Monae. Uh, I liked it. It popped up at the right. As a matter of fact, it popped up after I did the slavery show. It makes you wonder if somebody's listening to the shows, but it popped up, and I said, "Damn, this is exactly what I was talking about." How not not only are uh, people still being looked at like we're slaves, right? Which you better claim your nationality. You better proclaim who you are, right? And, and they don't like a motherfucker that's talking. So we already know how that goes. Okay, but this ain't no Malcolm X shit. Because our ancestors here to protect us. So you better speak up on who you are. Because when we talk about shit like shadow, somewhere deep down in the south, nigga, they still got niggas on a plantation somewhere. Don't think don't think this shit still ain't happening today. Don't think that the lawful money, right? And when I talk about lawful money, I'm talking about gold and silver. Right, but they looked at you as lawful money at one point in time. This is why they killed Lincoln, and the whole Greenback shit was trashed. Okay, see, historically, enslavement in the United States was a form, uh, a typical outcome, right, of a military defeat. I'll say it again: enslavement was a typical outcome of military defeat. And a reason to join or support the army. Who's getting defeated? This is why most of your ancestors lost their land. This is, uh, I mean, you know, that whole bullshit about, you know, we was enslaved for 300 years and all that. No, that's bullshit. We weren't. But look at the timeline. Yo, thank you, uh, Lindsey uh, Williams. I said that to somebody a week ago. I said Walmart was a goddamn, uh, it, it's trading post. I, I said that. There's no way, and, and I mean this with the truest amount of sincerity, there's no way that you can walk into a Walmart and you can't tell me that they're not up in there trading shit. And they're trading chatter. Y'all not think that they closed all of those Walmarts and made them into um, goddamn what is it? Uh, uh, FEMA camps? Y'all think they did that for no reason? What, what you thought this was about? This is about chattel. Your ass is property until you proclaim until you proclaim otherwise. The only only property I am is my own property. I got full faith and credit, nigga. You're gonna matter of fact, you're gonna give me full faith and credit, and my trust is gonna give me full faith and credit, and I'm gonna give myself full faith and credit. I'm not your slave, right? I'd rather be a slave to myself, to my own trust, and, and then you, you're gonna have to pay me. But I ain't a slave, right? And you know that's just for lack of better words, trustee. You know, a trustee ain't a slave. You know, but you know, just to understand that. Slavery was a voluntary form. 
It was a it was voluntary. Why? Because motherfuckers went to war to pay a debt. Make sure you understand what I'm saying. Our ancestors lost their land, right? And they were fighting to keep their land. They got enslaved. They became voluntary slaves. They became chattel property. Their labor was what was it was it's called unfree labor or forced labor. Okay, and unfree labor is any relationship, right, that you have, uh, right, where you're not being employed, right. There, there's a, a threat of destitution, a threat of detention, a threat of violence, uh, a threat of uh, compulsion, even death, right. So unfree labor includes all forms of slavery, penal slavery, penal labor, prison camps, labor camps, being a serf. Debt slavery. I mean, I go on and on here. Okay, so understand that when I'm talking about Abraham Lincoln, right? And these greenbacks, they wanted his ass out of there because they couldn't back that shit. He was trying to get rid of their commodity because why? They was killing your lawful money. Okay, now it took half a century to get all foreign coins. Okay. And competing state state currencies out of circulation, eighteen hundreds. Okay, they was trying to put paper back in circulation again. This is why you got states like Texas and stuff, right? That you know, Texas is one of those states where Texas wants to use their gold. They fighting. They they was fighting for for a minute. They said, "Fuck it, we're going to go back to our constitutional republic, and we're using gold." Because the Constitution says the only money that states can coin anyways are gold and silver. Okay? So why is your state of still using lawful uh, uh, fiat money? Because it's the state of. So the state of Texas is using fiat. Texas state is using gold. Don't think it's not a difference between the two states, because it is. See, the idea of issuing paper money was opposed by banks because it would bring federal government into markets and it could potentially translate to bankruptcy. They was headed towards bankruptcy. They, that's why this is one of the reasons. See, you got to see what what was happening. They had to, eventually they had to declare bankruptcy. Now, just so y'all understand, Lincoln was not fighting to free black people. That's that's some shit that black people have made up to make themselves feel better. He wasn't fighting for that. He didn't give a shit about that. That nigga owned slaves. Believe it or not, he defended them more, but he still owned niggas. He still owned he still owned some niggas, okay? But he freed them more. And if you don't believe me, go go look at the case, right? Uh I think it was the dungeon case, right? Where essentially he had to defend that guy because, and he got paid by the other guy, his brother-in-law, because his brother-in-law called him called him a nigger. He said, "Look, man, or Negro, whatever you call him, black, right?" And Abraham Lincoln said, "Look, it, it ain't no crime to be born with darker skin. The crime is to be a Negro." Okay, it's like I'm a more. Okay, so understand that Abraham Lincoln was not fighting. The Civil War to free you. He was fighting the Civil War because the North was threatening the South. Okay, because the South 
basically the North was like, look, man, you know, we could just hire people to come up here and do the work. You know, y'all, y'all want to take people that we hire and turn them into slaves. Go look at the movie 12 Years a Slave. Okay. I mean, this is, you know, people, this, this is in the time period where people were getting paid gold and silver. Go look at the Annabellum movie. Right? There were some free moors in that movie. And the guy was paying the free moors what? He was paying them silver. He was paying them silver to go hunt chattel property. Okay? Now, people say, well, well what does this got to do with me using lawful money? It got everything to do with it because you need to know who you are before you get out there and start doing shit. You need to know your history here. Okay? Now, demand notes versus paper notes. So the greenback came in two forms, the demand notes and the U.S. paper notes. So demand notes were issued in 1861, and in 1862, they were issued to pay salaries to other and other government expenses for the war. So I keep telling you this is all about war. People are in perpetual state of war. They'll tell you this, too, in their shit. They're always at war. Hey, what you mean? Ain't no war going on. It's a war going on 24-7. We're on your mind, we're on drugs, we're on money, we're on communication, we're on education. It's a, it's a war. Okay? So understand that the greenbacks were not lawful money. Okay? The, 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 the fiat notes that came after the greenbacks were not lawful money. When JFK tried to tackle this issue, they shot him. When Trump tried to tackle the issue... They slandered them. I mean, y'all got to see what the hell the agenda is here. Okay? Now, I'm going to read a case to y'all after we come back from the break. But a couple things before we do. Um, In Utah, right, there's what's known as the Utah Legal Tender Act, which was passed on March the 10th, 2011. All right? Now, this act recognizes gold and silver coins as legal tender in the state of Utah. Now, your supremacy clause, and your full faith and credit clause, all of that comes into play here, right? Remember, full faith and credit, according to the Supreme Court, right, is the difference between the credit that's owed to laws, i.e. your legislative laws, your common laws, as compared to the credit owed to judgments. So judgments are generally uh, what's entitled to a greater respect. So think of like restitution. Reparations, shit like that, right? So black folks are always talking about reparations. You got reparations. That's why they don't give a fuck about trying to physically give you the money because they don't have it to give to you. So because they don't have it to give to you, what's the next best thing? Next best, the next best thing is to give your ass full faith and credit. It's quite simple. It, it really, truly is. It's, I mean. You know, the, the, the way that they have laid out their system, if you can see through the veil, you can see that, hey, I still have, I actually got some remedy here. So judgments, right, when they come in play, um, and a judgment can be in any sense, right, especially um, when you think about, right, judgments down to, you know, something small, like a small dispute between you and the neighbor, right? It's a judgment. So at the present time, it is widely agreed that the clause of the Constitution has a minimal impact 
on a court's choice of law. Thing is, is that they can't step in and tell you that you can't use full faith and credit. Once again, full faith and credit shall be given in each state to the public acts, the records, and the judicial proceedings of every state. Okay, which which means that uh, if I get my birth certificate and I, you know, I asked him like earlier, I said, "Well, so have you done your birth certificate process?" He says, "Well, yeah." Uh, I said, "No matter what, I asked him, I said, did you do your nationality?" Did you correct your birth certificate? He says, oh, yeah, I, I got my uh, my authentication done. Okay, that's cool. Well, did you correct it? Right? And then if you did correct it, and it, first of all, if you did or didn't correct it, okay, full faith and credit. If you had it authenticated, you get full faith and credit. Just go look at the document. They tell you in the document. This is not like I'm telling a secret here. They've given it to everybody. Because they're entitled to give it to you. Excuse me. Let me let, let me digress. You're entitled to get it, and they're obliged. Okay, they have an oath that they've taken to make sure that you get your full faith and credit to make sure that you can do business on an international scale. Okay, to make sure that you can go wherever you want to go and do whatever you need to do and have the same amount. Uh, of of respect anywhere in the world. Because remember, the United States was given permission to operate by who? The most favored nation. So if the most favored nation gave them permission to operate, okay, and then they come in, they create their own government, then they say nobody can, can, can change these laws but us, right? And remember, the, the first Continental Congress, your Continental Congress of 1781, was a committee that reported that the execution, right, of the clause in the Articles of Confederation required a declaration of two different things. Number one, full faith and credit is said that the method of exemplifying records and the operation of the acts and judicial proceedings of the courts of one state that contravened another state, right, was always to be asserted. Okay, then the Pennsylvania court stated in 1786 that the provision in the Articles of Confederation did not direct the uh, executions, right, which might be an issue, right? So un- understand that even when they're executing people, they can use their full faith and credit. They can use theirs, but if you got yours, they can't, theirs can't usurp yours. You can't take my full faith and credit just because you got it. I got it too. And I got it because I'm the creditor. You're the taxpayer. Uh, uh, excuse me, I'm not a taxpayer, but you know you got taxpayers out here, right? But they they are essentially uh, what I would want to call uh, your 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 public servants, right? So most people are paying taxes for these people to be public servants. So they're employed by who? They're employed by the public. Okay, so your straw man employs them now. Most people will say, well, I'll pay my taxes and that employs them. But that's, that, in a sense, is not even really correct. Because guess who, who really employs these people? Them coffer accounts. The coffers. Okay? Um, I saw something where uh, they were running out of money in the city. Right? And then you have to say, well, how does the city run out of money? And then... Why are they asking the county for money? Well, because all the money sits in the county, number one. Number two, your coffers sit in the county. Number three, 
your state's taking out general obligation bonds. So your state of doesn't even have any lawful money. They're taking out general obligations from the bank. They're going into the bank and saying, hey, we, you know, we ain't really got no money like that, but we got all these uh, residents and we got all these citizens. What you can do for us? You know, how much can we get this particular quarter? Right? We had all of our trust property pay us throughout the year or throughout the last five years to help us pay back our bond. And they got to put it in the public. It's all contract. It's all consent. People consent to this year. Right? And, you know, like I said, full faith and credit is, is really important, but under the Utah Legal Tender Act, okay, and I want y'all to make sure that y'all take a look at this, right? This includes allowing the state of Utah to pay off debts in gold and silver and allowing individuals to transact in gold and silver coins without paying state capital gains tax, among other things. The bill was introduced, uh, House Bill 317, by State Representative uh, Jay Galvez. Okay? Now, this recognizes gold and silver coins issued by the federal government as legal tender in the state. So if the state of Utah is using this and they're saying, hey, people can use gold and silver to pay stuff off too, they're just not doing it, then understand under full faith and credit, it applies in your state as well. Okay, It's, it's legal tender. Now, uh, under 12 U.S. Code uh, 411, Talks about the issuance to federal or to, to reserve banks, uh, nature of obligation and redemption. And I'll, I'll read it here. It says that federal reserve notes to be issued at the discretion of the board of directors of the Federal Reserve System for the purpose of making advances to federal reserve banks through federal reserve agents as hereinafter set forth and for no other purpose are authorized. So the Fed notes shall be obligations of the United States and shall be receivable by all national member banks and federal reserve banks and for all taxes, customs, and other public dues. It shall be redeemed in lawful money on demand at the Treasury Department of the United States in the city of Washington, District of Columbia, or at any Federal Reserve Bank. So how many of y'all going to the Treasury Department? Who, who's going – like, you get your check, you go to the bank. They take your check at the bank, and they do what with it? They cash it. Right? They cash it, and they hold on to it. They hold on to your money, and then they make interest on your money. But if you took your money from your job or whoever gave it to you, and then you took it to the Federal Reserve or the Treasury, and you asked for lawful money, what are they going to give you? They're not going to give you back dollar bills. They're gonna, if they do, they're going to give you back certificates that are supposedly backed by gold. Right now, a long time ago, I think it was like Fort Knox or something where they're supposed to keep all the gold. They asked them, um, I think it was Russia or Germany or something like that. They came in and asked them to show the gold. They're like, Well, we want to see the gold. And they was like, Well, we don't trust you. <laughs> they was like, We don't want to show it to you because we don't trust you. And they're like, Yeah, but we gave you our gold to hold. So, what you mean we can't see our gold? If you don't let us see our gold, nigga, we're going to war. Right? See, understand that these people have been holding the gold for many other people. We ain't the only ones who got stripped of gold. They usurped other countries and did this shit. 
But they, I mean, now, did they do it illegally? No, because people voluntarily gave up their gold. I don't voluntarily give up no gold or no silver or no other commodities. Let's put that on the record, and neither should you. So they came in, they said, we want to see all of our gold. They said to them, you can't see your gold. We don't trust you. And since we don't trust you, that's just that. They went to them like three times. Third time and threatened war. And finally, they let these motherfuckers see their gold. We're talking about a whole other country that has peace relationships. Okay? So we, we got to really look at this shit, right? A whole peace relationship can be damaged over some lawful money. So keep that in mind, right? 12 U.S.C. 411 talks about how you can go to the bank. And when I say the bank, I'm talking about your centralized bank, right? The big bank. And you can redeem that money in gold. Okay? Now, when we talk about labor, I want you to keep in mind, right? Your gold is your labor. When we're talking about your full faith and credit, when we're talking about you being able to use the Legal Tender Act, because Legal Tender, they they tell you straight up, like, look, Legal Tender is public and then it's private. Okay? It's what they call redemption. Now, there's some case law that supports this. Um, I want you to look up uh, Westlaw Nexus, uh, Volume 20, Action 31, uh, in the American Jurisprudence. You can find this. You can uh, case 1982, uh, Luis versus Page. Okay, uh, you can look at the, uh, the IRS Form 1040, right? On line six, on the second page, you enter income as negative number, and then you put the income amount to redeem in parentheses. You can redeem the funds for the entire year and get lawful money. That's, I mean, this is, and I'm not, I'm not giving any tax advice here. So, so let's, let's not misconstrue it as that. I'm just telling you what other people have done. Okay, I'm not recommending that you do it. I'm not saying that you don't. I'm not saying that you do. Okay, this is purely for your educational information for those who want to try to misuse what I'm saying. Now, uh, state returns observe the standard deduction. Right, so you got to look at that. Okay, so tax filing for lawful money can also happen. You can ask them for lawful money back because guess what? The IRS does the bookkeeping, and guess who processes your money? The Treasury Department, because all you niggas getting Treasury checks, so it's coming as lawful money. It's gold and silver. So any money that I received or anybody else received in the form of a Treasury check was lawful money. It's gold and silver. It's gold and silver. You can't convert my lawful money off. It's gold and silver. The very nature of where it came from made it that. It was it was it came from the mint. Okay, so it was meant to be lawful. Now, um, like I said, this is just educational entertainment purposes only. But the redeeming lawful money, right, that you put on your discharge checks, is why we. Is why this is the whole reason why we teach you discharge, right? That's what discharge is about, right? The purpose of of the endorsement, okay? And you might say, well, why am I talking about this right now? Well, I'm talking about this right now because I recognize that we are in a pandemic. People are having a hard time paying bills, right? I mean, I I, I recognize our webinars are not the most expensive. They they're, they're reasonable, right? But I also recognize that there's a lot of other shit out there that people got to do 
right? And you got to pay your bills. How are you supposed to get your education on if you can't pay your bills? How are you supposed to invest in your own education? Well, invest in this education. And what am I saying? Go invest in lawful money. Go get you some gold. Go get you some silver. Go buy you some gold certificates. Go trade some of your money in for lawful money. Start using your full faith and credit. Right? Now, you don't even have to physically have gold or silver to use full faith and credit. Why? Because you are the gold and the silver. It's all labor. So then when I talked about how, yeah, they ran off with some of your money, they ran off with some of that gold. We don't really know where the gold is. This is what this is about. They don't really know where the fuck some of that gold is. Let's just keep it real. Fort Knox is holding gold. But how much gold are they really holding? We have no idea. Right? And you'll never know. It's not your business. Even though it is your business, they're gonna tell you it's not your business. Now, you, they, if they tell them to another country that they not that they can't go see their own gold in the vault, you really think they give a shit about what you talk about? No. Right? You're a dot on the map. So if you're gonna have to be that to them, then guess what you gotta do? You gotta use the remedies that's been afforded to you. By way of what? Of your birthright? By way of what else? Of of the of the fact that. You have labor. You have labor. Even in the capital accounts. Why everybody wants to get to your security, get to your security, get to your security. Everybody wants to get to the securities. But how you you know how you gonna get to that if you ain't never even used full faith and credit? You ain't even never used the credit that you've been getting. Right off the top. Now let's talk about what's called non endorsement. Right. And the purpose of writing a non-endorsement on a check Is to record it for tax purposes So you need to check, deposit the check With a non-endorsement written on it in blue ink Now, in case you didn't notice, right An endorser, like I told you earlier, is a bearer A bearer is a person whose name is on the check They gave you plenty of checks I'll give you all a little hint right now And I probably shouldn't even be dropping Go look at some of your instruments that you have in your possession. And I'm not even going to say what it is, but just go look at some of your instruments you have in your possession and look where it says bearer. They're telling you, my nigga, you ain't never seen the movie Blank Check. Go watch the movie Blank Check and you'll understand what a bearer is. You are the money, right? There's nothing to be afraid of, though. See, the thing is, is if you just want to sign it on right with only your signature, then you endorse the Federal Reserve notes. So even if you cash and you know, cash the check or whatever, right? You still need to do a non endorsement. Okay? So you still gotta tell them I want to redeem my, my shit in lawful money. Okay. I still need to redeem that. All right reserve. Okay. I need I matter of fact I, I need y'all I need y'all either to take my discharge and discharge this for my full faith and credit and go redeem that that credit I just gave you for that lawful money you need. Okay? Number one. Or I need you to take my lawful money that I'm going to give you. Right? And, and essentially create the security. Right? 
create the obligation, and then go get the redemption for it. Right? This ain't no secure party creditor shit. This ain't no um, tax evader shit. Right? This is not um, tax evasion. No, we're not talking about none of that. We're not talking about that. Right? What we're, what we're dealing with here is your ability to be able to say, hey, look, man, I have a right. I have a right. Even when you open up a bank account, you're supposed to open up your bank account and tell them to get to redeem uh, unlawful money on your signature card. Always open your account with some type of lawful money. When I opened my trust account, right, it was known that the trust was started with silver. Information overload, ain't it? Okay? This is why we do non-interest bearing accounts. Okay? This is why we do non-interest bearing accounts. For y'all out there doing them OIDs and all that shit, you can redeem your lawful money there too. People are redeeming lawful money all day long with that. Okay. Now, let me um let me digress a little bit here. Okay. Um and I and I just want to make it known, like I said, that when you're using legal tender, right? Gold and silver stand side by side with it. Okay. So students, scholars, right, people who are curious about the Constitution and all of that good stuff, right? Understand that Article 1, Section 10, right, says that no state coin, uh, excuse me, no state shall coin money or make anything but gold and silver coin or tender payment of debts. So why are you still paying with Federal Reserve notes? I mean, Listen, I have to really put that out there, right? Now, in accordance with satisfaction, it's cool. I'm going to give you a dollar. I'm going to give you some type of sat- – I'm going to give you some type of consideration. Remember, it's called consideration. See, when you give somebody a dollar to pay for something, you're just giving them consideration. They tell you your rent is $2,000 a month. Well, fuck, I'm going to give you uh, – I'm going to give you $20 as consideration uh, for the whole amount of the rent. Here you go. And I want you all to run that up. Right, full accord and satisfaction. I gave you some consideration. Did you cash my consideration? Okay, well we straight then. We straight. Ain't we ain't got nothing else to talk about, right? So real quick before we go to break, I want to give you some things to think about here, right? On how gold could be money again, right? Um, so number one, gold is money. Tushin specifically says that. States are only supposed to make gold and silver. Number two, paper money, okay, and gold after the Civil War, okay, was done as a policy. It's a war policy. So when they're using paper money, understand that that is a war policy. Your signature is the money. Okay, this is how they create everything, doing it off your signature, off your labor. Okay, Um, and don't forget about the New Deal, right? So uh, the New Deal. Uh, was where they hoarded gold, okay? I mean, they, they was hoarding gold with the New Deal, right? And so then the Federal Reserve comes into play, right, right after that, right? 
So understand that gold is separate from your corporation. Your corporation can't deal with gold. That's why they got to go to the Treasury Department. The Treasury Department is not the corporation. Don't for one minute think that it is. Okay? I I, I hope you all understand what, I, what I'm getting at here. I mean, this is real shit. Um, I got a case I want to pull up that we need to look at, though. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna open up some call lines. All right, let's take a quick break. There's a lot of information here. Um, and just understand that using your lawful money, if in case you missed the remedy that I gave you, it's about using your full faith and credit, using your signature correctly, using the birth certificate correctly, using your trust correctly. That's what it's about. Okay. So if you're looking for the big moment, there it is. We'll, we'll be right back. A nigga like me, man. I love the game. I love the hustle, man. Be feeling like one of the ball playing niggas, you know. Like bird magic or something. Yeah, you know, a nigga got dope. A nigga can leave the league. But if I leave, the fans still gonna love me, man. Uh, get the bag right, that's the bottom line Stay rich, that's the bottom line She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line, I'm the man Bottom line, chain watches, they all bright But I still shine when I ain't got a mind Get the bag right, that's the bottom line Came to win, that's the bottom line She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line, I'm the man Yeah, bottom line, you only tough when you got your gun I'm the same person when I'm not with mine I be the joint, but you are no pivot I do the talking, you do the listen Block is just clicking, pockets is different And I just had no pots to piss in How you hide, but your pockets over Game over when I say it's over Pull it over, pull it over Bad bitch in the Range Rover I might do you all my sneakers Just came from Costa Rica You posted this fucker, why did you cuff her? You wasn't supposed to keep her On the check, spell my name right Me and Jenna Jackson on the same flight The plug gave me extra bricks Cause he know that I can't write You can't bring around a wrist life They start stealing when they next to shit 40 Glock Got an extra clip in the bed with an extra bit. It's just a view, it's just a view. The sky ain't the limit to me. Always looking over my shoulder before I get into my feet. Get the bag right, that's the bottom line. Stay rich, that's the bottom line. She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time. Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine. Bottom line, bottom line. I'm the man, bottom line. Chain watches, they all bright, but I still shine when I ain't got a mind. Get the bag right, that's the bottom line. Came to win, that's the bottom line. She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time. Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine. Bottom line, bottom line, I'm the man, yeah, bottom line You only tough when you got your gun, I'm the same person when I'm not with mine I ain't have shit, but I made it work After we fuck, I made it twerk Open the trap in January, shit got ready on May the 1st Came through his block in a Hellcat I am the shit that you smell at See, I am the shit that you smell at The street screaming, I rail back Bring me some salmon after the sushi This is the preview, here come the movie Hoping the law continue to bless me But I don't be wearing the coofies My body different, baby Here end up missing, baby We starting these cars, we starting these cars No keys in the ignition, baby They dragging my name through the mud They saying that I'm money hungry I'm money hungry, but I came for the love Plus I came with some thugs I'm on the boat drinking my ties. How to ride by, I fly by. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, but I gotta uh, die fly. Get the bag Whoa. right, that's the bottom line. Stay 
rich, that's the bottom line She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line, I'm the man Bottom line, chain watches, they all bright But I still shine when I ain't got a mind Get the bag right, that's the bottom line Came to win, that's the bottom line She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line, I'm the man Yeah, bottom line, you only tough when you got your gun I'm the same person when I'm not with mine Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Have you made a lot of money out of your music? Money. I mean, what is, how, much is, how much is a lot of money to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Have, have you made, say, millions of dollars? No. Are you a rich man? What do you mean rich? What do you mean? You have a lot of possessions? A lot of money in the bank. Pollution make you rich? I know I don't have that type of richness. My richness is life forever. Look. My bitch is all bad, my niggas all real. I ride in dick in some big tall hills. Big fat checks, big large bills. Run out, flip like 10 car wheels. Cold ass bitch. I give raw chills. Send it for looks and my lips so kill. I kiss them in the mouth. I feel all grills. Heat in the car, that's not on wheels. Woo! I was born to flex. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like morning sex. But nothing in this world that I like more than checks. Money. All I really want to see is the Money. I don't really need a D. I need the Money. All a bad bitch need is the I got pants in the coop, bustin' out the roof. I got pants in the coop, touch me, I'll shoot. Shake a little ass, you get a little bag and take it to the store. Get a little cash, you shake it real fast, you get a little more. I got pants in the coop, bustin' out the roof. I got pants in the coop, bustin' out the roof. I got a fly, I need a jet, shit. I need room for my legs. I got a baby, I need some money, yeah. I need cheese for my eggs. All y'all bitches in trouble. Dream brass knuckles is couple. I heard that Cardi went pop. Yeah, they go pop, pop. That's me buzzing they bubble. I'm the signing with the drip. Baby mommy with the clip. Walk out bodies with a bitch. Bring a thotty to the whip. If she find her, she fake. God damn. Fucking pass the mirror. Ooh. Kill my fine. Let a bitch try me. Boom. Hammer time. Uh. I was born to flex. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets, I like more than sex But nothing in this world that I like more than checks Money All I really wanna see is the Money I don't really need a D, I need the Money All a bad bitch need is the Money I got pants in the coop Bustin' out the roof I got pants in the coop Touch me, I'll shoot I'll Shake a little ass You get a little bag and take it to the store Money Get a little cash Money You shake it real fast, you get a little more I got pants in the coop Bustin' out the coop I got pants in the coop. Touch me, I'll shoot. Bitch, oh, papa, you pop. Bitch, oh, papa, whoever. You know who pops the most shit? The people who shit not together. You know that cardio freak. All my pajamas is leather. Bitch, oh, back on your ass. Wakanda forever. Sweet like a honey bun, straight like a crummy gun. Roll in one on one. Come get your mommy some cardio. Yes, tip top, bitch. Kiss the ring and kick rock, sis. Uh, jump it down, back it up. Ooh, ayy. Hey. Make that nigga put them suitcase. I like my niggas dark like dude. Say, you gonna eat this ass like fruit. I was born to flex. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like morning sex. 
But nothing in this world that I like more than culture. All I really wanna see is the money. I don't really need to be any though. All a bad bitch need is a KKC. dive into it. I want to, um, before we go to the call lines, I want to go over this case. If, you, if you're in the chat and you want to tune in, make sure that you, because uh, we've got about 15 minutes left of live, so make sure that you call in if you're in the chat. So this way, uh, you don't get dropped, okay, as we go into overtime. So now, I'm going to read this case, and I want y'all to stay with me here, because it's going to drop some really interesting information here um, on this whole lawful money thing, okay? And using lawful money. So you understand why I brought up taxes earlier, the whole tax thing. Now check it. Uh, in the case of Slabop versus the Internal Revenue Service, okay, before the court, without oral argument, is the United States motion to dismiss. The United States of America moves to dismiss pro se plaintiff John Slabop's complaint against the defendant, the Internal Revenue Service. As the initial matter, the court grants the United States unopposed request to substitute itself for the IRS as a defendant. Okay. Now, Slaubach seeks an order invalidating the civil monetary penalties the IRS charged him for filing a frivolous income tax return regarding tax years 2009, 2010, 2012, 2013, and then refunding the money he paid well, to the IRS applied towards the penalties. The United States argues that the court lacks subject matter jurisdiction over Slaubach's refund claims for those tax years and that and he fails to state uh, a facially plausible refund for, tw- for 2013. Having reviewed the file and relevant legal authorities, the courts grant the United States motion to dismiss Slaubach's complaint. On November 28, 2016, the IRS notified Slaubach that it charged him $10,000 in frivolous filing penalties plus another $324 in interest for tax in 2013. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, the IRS notified Schlaubach that it applied his 2015 income uh, over tax payment of seventeen thirty eighty seven to the frivolous filing penalty for 2013. Okay. Now, on June the 10th, 2017, Schlaubach filed a claim with the IRS seeking a refund on the money that it applied to the frivolous filing penalty for the tax year. Uh, on December 4th, 2017, the IRS notified Schlaubach that it charged him $15,000 in filing and penalty fees for 2009 through 2012. Now, sometime between December 26, 2017 and January 2nd, 2018, Schlaubach paid the U.S. Department of Treasury $2,250 or 15% of the frivolous filing penalties. Now, Schlaubach did not pay the full amount of the, priv- of the frivolous filing penalties for those tax years. Now, on January 16, 2018, Schlaubach filed claims with the IRS seeking a refund of the money that he paid towards the frivolous filing fees, right? So uh, Schlaubach claims that he converted all of his uh, received checks into lawful money of the United States pursuant to the provision 12 U.S.C. 411, 
Swaback explains that his process is to stamp redeem and lawful money pursuant to 12 U.S.C. 411 on the endorsement line of each of his paychecks to assert his demand made to the Federal Reserve Bank, where his checks are cashed and or deposited. Now, Schlauback claims uh, Federal Reserve notes are obligations of the United States that may be redeemed in U.S. notes, which the Supreme Court has ruled are not subject to taxation. I hope you heard that. Now, Schlauback elaborates his belief that the law provides access to lawful money upon demand and ensures full discharge of all obligations upon an assignment, transfer, or payment of the United States. Schlauback contends his tax returns were not based on frivolous position because he compiled he complied with the law. Schlauback further argues imposing frivolous filing penalties violates 12 U.S.C. Uh, 95A. And let's go to that right quick. All right. Um, Actually, now Schlauback argues that the IRS either failed to provide him a reason or provided a false reason for frivolous filing fees. Schlauback claims that the IRS determined the position he took in his tax returns fits the argument Code 30, which according to his internet research means non-negotiable chargeback. Now Schlauback argues uh, the argument Code 30 is inapplicable to his tax returns. The IRS recorded Schlauback's References contains the phrase redeeming lawful money. Now, one of the things that he did incorrectly um, was that he didn't use the public law, okay, um, and he used their code. So remember, they don't have to. They don't have to use. See, he didn't use the Constitution number one, and he used uh, one of their public codes, which was which, which is fine, um, you know. But they can always reject their own codes, okay. So this is why you go a step further. And you use public law, and then you go a step further past that, and you use their constitution. Okay. Now it is believed uh, to have uh, the IRS and its agent is believed to have deliberately assigned an inapplicable argument code to allow for the continuous issuance of a five thousand dollar penalty. Now the United States moved to dismiss Schlauback's complaint. Schlauback responded. Okay. Um, the United States replied. Schlauback filed an unauthorized supplemental response. Which the court considers despite its noncompliance with local civil rules. Now, uh, dismissal is appropriate, they say, under the Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 12B1. Court lacks subject matter jurisdiction over the claim. So, Schlauback versus the United States. This is a threshold issue which goes over the power of the court to even hear the case. Because this basic foundation is at stake, the court is not limited to the allegations in the complaint, but may also consider intrinsic evidence, and the facts are in dispute. They may weigh the evidence in order to satisfy itself in that jurisdiction. Okay. Now, although the lack of subject matter jurisdiction is an affirmative defense, and I want y'all to remember this, right? We talk about uh, when, when you when you go into court, especially federal court, they can throw your case out for 12b6. So, because it is an affirmative defense, the burden of proof to show jurisdiction in a Rule 12b1 motion is on the plaintiff. Okay. So he had to come in instead of instead of client. Okay, he had to show some type of defense. Now, a motion to dismiss for failure to state a claim, pursuant to 12b6, test the legal sufficiency of the claim. This is why I always tell people, when you're in a federal court, important to understand that in a federal court, they will toss your shit. Okay, if you don't state a claim, well, they love doing that. Now, the court must accept as true. All material allegations in the complaint. Okay? Everything's got to be accepted as true. Now, as well as reasonable interferences to be drawn 
from them and must construe the complaint in the light most favorable to the to the plaintiff. Okay, which means that you go in with your facts. The court's normally going to have your facts at the top and say, "Well, this guy's facts are pretty straightforward." Why are we losing people? What's going on? They're dropping off. They don't want to hear the shit. That's fine. No big deal. Now, a pro se litigant is entitled to notice of deficiencies in the complaint and an opportunity to amend unless the complaint deficiencies cannot be cured. Now, nevertheless, the pro se plaintiff's claims must be dismissed where it can appear beyond doubt that the plaintiff can prove no set facts <coughs> in support of his claims would entitle him to relief. Okay. Now, all of that is just a lot of stuff about the case in terms of why the case um, could have gotten dropped. Now, here's the discussion. Okay, A district court has original jurisdiction over a taxpayer's civil actions against the United States, seeking recovery from any internal revenue tax alleged to have been erroneously or allegedly assessed or collected or any penalty claim to have been collected without the authority or any sum alleged to have been excisive or in any manner wrongfully collected under the Internal Revenue Law, 28 U.S.C. 1346-A1. Okay, that's the code. But as a jurisdictional prerequisite, the taxpayer must pay the full amount of the disputed tax. This is uh, That's in Florida versus the United States. Now, the taxpayer must duly file a claim for a refund or credit, and the IRS must either reject it or they can fail to act, and they got six months to do it. Okay? That's six months. Now, if these conditions are not satisfied, no suit or proceeding shall be maintained in any court. Indeed, no suit or proceeding shall be begun. Now, Schlaubach has not met these jurisdictional prerequisites for his refund claims regarding tax years 2009 through 2012. Okay? Schlaubach paid the Treasury Department only 15% rather than the full amount of the frivolous filing penalties of those taxes. And Schlaubach filed a lawsuit before the IRS ever rejected his refund. Claims for those taxes So you see this is why Losing that full faith and credit is, is really important Because he could have waited Gave them the time frame And then brought the case And they would have been default Okay I mean it's, That's why it's so important To stick with the script okay? Now Slawback argues that For the court to acquire Jurisdiction He needed only to pay 15% of the frivolous filing penalties within the 30 days. But the statutory provision he relies on no longer applies to frivolous filing penalties. So, you see, he tried to use their codes once again to win his case. Okay? Because they, remember, they change their codes all the time. So when you're dealing with an organization like this that can change their codes all the time, this is why you step in and you use your constitution. Okay? They're bound by that. Now, the court lacks jurisdiction over Schlaubeck's refund claims for tax years 2009 through 2012. Therefore, the court does not reach the party's remaining arguments for that period. Now, the court now turns to Schlaubeck's refund claims for 2013. The IRS may impose a $5,000 civil penalty on a person who files a frivolous tax return. The penalty applies if the person files a document that purports to be a tax return. The document either contains information that on its face indicates the self-assessment is substantially incorrect or omits information on which the substantial correctness of the self-assessment may be judged. Such conduct is either based on the position that the IRS has identified a frivolous, uh, something that's frivolous or reflects a desire to, de- to delay or impede 
a tax administration. Okay. Now, the IRS must prescribe and periodically revise the list of uh, positions, which it is identified as being frivolous. Okay. So this list includes this list. Excuse me. This list must exclude any position the IRS determines is a reasonable basis for a tax treatment of such item by the taxpayer. See, they don't know what's going through your head, right, when you're filing something or or when, when somebody is filing on behalf of somebody. They don't know. They change their codes or people change draws. Hopefully you change your draws every day. Okay? But Schlauback claims that he converts his paychecks into U.S. notes. Okay? Redeemed in lawful money pursuant to 12 U.S.C. on the endorsement line. So Schlauback claims Federal Reserve notes are obligations. Okay, so understand that under these so-called obligations, okay, <clears throat> had he used his constitution, okay, um, he would have had he would have had a home run case, okay, straight up. Let's just let's just keep it like that. I mean, he would have had a he would have had a home run case, and he he would have really got further. But let's let's keep going. Now, Slawback contends that his tax returns were not based on a frivolous filing position because he complied with the law. Slawback argues that imposing frivolous filing penalties violates uh, USC 95A2, which no, no longer exists, like we talked about. Now, the court goes in further and it says that U.S. notes are legal tender, just like Federal Reserve, no- Reserve notes are. This wife should have done a discharge. United States coins and currency, including Federal Reserve notes and circulating notes of Federal Reserve banks and national banks. This is why I told you earlier I brought up the Coinage Act. All that shit. Right, coins you getting all that all that stuff is still technically considered right to be some type of um, fiat in a way, right? So legal tender for all debts public, private, charges, taxes, and dues. Okay. So uh then they go on to say that the US notes were redeemable in gold until the United States abandoned the gold standard in nineteen thirty three. Since then, US notes have served essentially the same purpose and have had the same value as Federal Reserve notes. So because the United States notes serve no function that's not already adequately served by the Federal Reserve notes, their issuance was discounted and none have been placed into circulation since 1971. So U.S. notes are obligations of the United States. Now, I want you to think about this, right? If U.S. notes are obligations of the United States, right, which means that they have to they have to put it into effect, right? But they no longer put it into effect because they're using Federal Reserve notes. The next obligation that they have is the full face of credit. Okay? But in the next sentence, the court noted that this tax exemption changed the year after Congress created U.S. notes. So the court observed that when Congress established a national bank, okay, it recognized the expediency and the duty of imposing a tax upon a currency. This is why you use gold and silver. How are they going to tax that? How are they going to tax your full face and credit? Okay? This guy was still giving them some type of note, U.S. notes. That, that means that came from their system. They used a public and private system. Okay? And he actually didn't wait a time period for them to accept his notes. Okay? Um, so... I want y'all to understand, I mean, this is a really long case, right? I don't want to go too much into the case, but they basically granted the motion to dismiss for the United States, right? And they denied his request for a hearing. (laughs) 
20 overtime. So they denied his request for a hearing, right? And they basically said, hey, the IRS is beyond the court's authority. Okay? So it was a jurisdictional issue. And he said, well, why am I reading this case? I'm reading this case because it's important to understand that other people have attempted to use some form of lawful money, but they didn't know what lawful money was. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know how to use it. Or they used it incorrectly. Okay. Um, we'll open up some call lines, all right? I'm going to answer some questions. we got a lot of people out there going to talk tonight. So uh, you right here on the bottom line. We're going to open up these call lines, see what's good. Uh, let's go to uh, 585-328. You're on the line. You said I got Peace How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm I'm wonderful And uh, peaceful Yourself That's right um, Vice versa um, I'm so happy and grateful yeah. that large sums of money Come to us ASAP and easily And large sums of health And prosperity come to us ASAP and easily That's right Yeah big facts Big facts no. Large That's right. Now it's important for us to look at case law, you know, because there's people, like you said, who come before us and do things so we can know what to do and what not to do, right? And how and how they yep. won and, you know. Yep. Yep. It, well, it's always it's better to look at cases where people lost because then, then you can learn from them. That's right. Um... And, and two, bringing up lawful money, um, with what's going on today, you know, I've been telling my grandfather, you know, he need he need to switch over some of his money to get some gold and silver, you know, because they playing they they playing a lot of games and distractions, and especially with uh, trying to act like they want to take Trump to court. We all know that nigga private, so that shit not going down like that. So no, it's not going down like. Not going that way. Um. And, and 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 you know they actually don't don't. Your music loud, Joey. Okay, hold on. Let me let me switch it down. We had the concert. Yeah, we had the concert. Yeah, sorry, sorry, they had the damn cars <laughs> on, but they they actually don't. They really don't tell you know with Trump. They even tell you with Trump. They say he could possibly. Be convicted or something, but he's in the private number one, and number uh-huh. two, um, you know, I mean, like I like I played that clip earlier where he's using lawful money. Come on, man, that's right. This guy's really in the private. This guy's really in trust. Now, when you use lawful money, does that does that take away from you having minimum contacts? <sighs> Not necessarily, but but then you have to remember. What a minimum contact is in the first place, right? Um, uh-huh. Because because a minimum contact. Listen, every day you walk out your house and you walk down the street, you're making a minimum contact. Yeah. Right. Every, every time you go to a grocery store, you're doing a minimum contact. I mean, they can consider that to be a minimum contact, right? But, yeah. but this is why you op- this is why you operate in trust, right? It's why you have trust accounts and stuff like that because then you create a bar- You help hopefully create a barrier for yourself. Yeah, and that's that's what I was telling my mom. You know, it, it, I was telling her, is it like you know you can't use these Federal Reserve notes, although it say on the front they can be used for debt, but 
you know, um, mm-hmm. like you said, it's backed by labor. It's not backed by no gold. But I thought, you know, putting, you know, having gold and silver being put into your trust and, you know, gold and silver being a part of the land and, um, you know, they got to abide by the law of the land. That was kind of like exactly. protecting you. But I was wondering, you know, if you still use those notes, would they, you know, kind of like, you know, contradict or mess you up? Uh, remember, the notes are for public and private use, right? So it's all about how you use the notes, right? I mean, my, my thing is is that I'm not really focusing on so much of, well, if I use the note, you know, is it going to mess me up? I'm more so looking for, well, where's my remedy, right? Because this note ain't giving me the full value. They're not giving me the full value of a dollar. That's right. You know, so so then where can I get the full value of this dollar at? Well, House Resolution 192 tells you right there that you can discharge your death dollar for dollar. Public law one night was it one ninety two or whatever it is. Uh, things like public law. I I can't think of a top of my goddamn head, but I know what it is, right? The public law. So even with the public law, it does the same thing, right? It's codified. So I like to think of it like this, all right? I can go in and use the Federal Reserve notes all day long. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody gonna wink wink an eye about it, right? And ain't That's nobody right. gonna make it stink about me using. My full faith and credit either. Uh-huh. So why not use your full faith and credit? Yeah, yeah. And 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 and, and um redeem lawful money when you when you use it. Yeah. I mean right. you know, but, but but even in redeeming lawful money, like I said, the full faith and credit is the biggest part of it that people tend to overlook. Listen, man, there, there are documents, like I said, where they, they tell you that you're the bearer. You just need your signature. Right? But so you got to be in your proper, you got to be in your proper status to be able to, to, to execute that, though, right? I've seen people who, have, who haven't been in their proper status, right, who, who, who are not nationals do it. I've seen, I've seen citizens do it. I mean, oh, it's just a right. It's right a right that you have to be able to do that. It's a right that you have. Well, understand this, right? When you get the birth certificate authenticated, they annex you, which means yeah. they set you to the side. Mm-hmm. It puts you, and, and then they made you stateless, but they had to give you full faith and credit when they set you to the side. And then they said, look, uh, when you decide who you're going to be uh, and what government you're going to be under, come back and holler at it, and we'll correct the record. But in the meantime, here you go. Here's your full faith and credit. Here's your security. Right? I mean, uh-huh. they don't really look, they don't really want that shit to be known in the public, but that's what they doing. Mm. This this is it's kind of like I don't know if you've seen that movie, The Tenant. It's kind of like yes, I have. So, it's a very good movie. Yeah, it's so backwards, you know. Even with you describing all of this stuff earlier, like I just have to think to myself, like, what the fuck is this that we living in? You know that you that if you uh, don't Matrix, know a computer program. <laughs> like if you don't know You can fuck yourself up And then if you do know They still want to fight you Or make you yep. disbelieve What you think you know Like play Jedi mind trick on you So it's um It's real uh Interesting Yes Yes it's a very Jedi mind trick Type of type of deal that we That we live in You know I, I My whole My whole thing is Is your approach to this Has to be from the aspect of listen, they're using fake money 
You know, everybody's doing fake shit. You know, even your government it ain't 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 really keeping it real with you all the time. They doing fake shit, right? So how can you expect people to be real when the government ain't real? Right in your face doing fake shit, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, government's really in the sense that they, they got people, you know, but hell, even then, you you know, they got, got they got, uh, you know, extraterrestrials in the government and, you know, lizards and all, all types of other shit that we can get into on the esoteric <laughs> level, but, you know, I mean, lizard people and all this shit, man, I mean, they, they have that out there. It's, it's uh, this shit is wild. Slave, they, they are here to keep people in the slave. It's a form of enslavement. And money is a form of enslavement, right? If you're enslaved by money, bro, listen. It, 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 if you need money for every single thing in your life, and shit's not free, you're you're a slave. Yeah. But you still gotta work for that shit, some type of way. Now, here's the funny thing, right? I seen a movie. It was a time travel movie, and um, the guy. No matter of fact, no, it wasn't the time travel movie. You can look it up. It was uh it's about the about the guy who supposedly came here from like the the year like twenty eight eight thousand or something like that. Right? He came here from from the future, said he time traveled here. Um he's supposed to be a real guy, right? And they did documentary uh-huh. on this. And the guy says when he got here, he says that uh everything was he thought everything in the store he got arrested, he said he thought everything in the store was free. And they tried to fingerprint him and figure out who he was. They couldn't figure out who he was because he wasn't in nobody's system. Wasn't in no school record systems, nothing. And he says, "Well, I thought everything was free." He said, "Cause in the time period that I come from, he said you could just walk into the store and pick what you want." You know, not here. Now, 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 obviously, right? That all that comes with its problems too, right? Um, you know, I mean, if we was living in that type of society, but what I'm saying is that we live in a society where you have to work every day for something, so that's labor. You're giving your labor, right? You yeah, they change for the no. labor. If you go up and you work a job for somebody, you're giving your labor. If you're retired, that means that you gave labor for a certain amount of time. It's all labor. Uh-huh. So they're basing your money and your work off of your labor. Yeah, yeah. And then you really, and then you really don't get the just amount for the labor that you put in. No, you don't. Not even close. Not even close to it, you know. I mean, and, and and that's the reason why it's important for us to start really developing our trust, getting our trust relationships yep, yep. together, you know, and, and learning the probate process. I don't tell people to put yourself in probate for no reason. It's a probate process, and especially right. if your signature done paid for it already, and they double dipping and things like that. They so. double dipping. They double, triple sure. dipping on you, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's why, you know, when, when you learn how to properly use the IRS, you know, IRS is not your enemy, right? Mm-hmm. IRS does what they desire to do. They do bookkeeping mm-hmm. for the Treasury, you know? Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. have, they understand that, that they have to work with the Treasury. That's why I was saying that, that guy really, when he brought that case forward, he could have brought the Treasury forward, right? He, he could have put them on the actual complaint. Right. This is the reason why. Do you see why he sued the IRS? And then instead of the IRS having a lawyer there, who stepped in? The United States did. Mm. He should have requested the Treasury to be there. The department that he was really supposed to be dealing with, who was issuing those notes. Correct. Exactly. 
right? And, mm-hmm. and the court says, look, well, the court says, well, we don't have jurisdiction over this, and you're using the IRS's uh, code, and we don't have jurisdiction over the IRS. And the IRS, like you said, I think last weekend is a third party anyway, a third party intervener and all of this. They're, they're, they're a debt collector. They're a third party debt collector. Their uh-huh. codes don't apply to to uh, to, to uh, flesh and blood entities. Those codes apply to corporations, to corporate entities. Uh-huh. 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 But like like we say, what you know, what you don't know will hurt you, will hurt you. And most people don't know how to differentiate the corporation from the flesh and blood person. So you know, that's where they they fall victim. Now, Correct. yeah, I'm giving some. I, I have a I have a I have a question, and I and I think it, okay. I don't think it's off. But the okay, cool. the 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 UCC 11 process. Would you would yeah, you be yeah, able to kind yeah. of like Reiterate to me how and, and what the importance is of that. Yeah, a, a UCC 11 is a lien search. So if I'm uh-huh. looking to see if there's a lien out there, I'll do a UCC 11. Um, most states will let you do a statewide lien search on yourself. Uh-huh. And you go out there and do one. Um, I've done one. I've got a lien on my, I, you know, I got a lien on my shit. You can pull up a UCC 11. You put the right information in. You can see where the person time, person line is, right? For anybody. So let's let's say, and this this is applicable as well to what we're talking about tonight, because yeah. you just said hey. you got a car note, right? Mm-hmm. Car note or the house note or any other note, they have to they have to do a UCC on it for it to be official. But uh-huh. if you to have an official lien on something that that I'm claiming is my personal property, I got to be able to find the lien. I gotta be able to find your your financing statement on it. If not, then guess what? They took your signature, they and and they they monetized your signature, they hypothecated that shit, and then they gave you a payment to pay later, and, and then they gave you an asset. So basically you gave them some consideration, right? They gave you an asset, and they took your other asset, which was your your signature, but yeah. they never did a UCC on it. And that's why you do the UCC 11 because that's all about finding out who's got a lien. Very simple process. Oh, okay. So I know here, and I'm sure in all the rest of the states, you go you go through the Secretary of State to um, do the UCC 11. Now, is there a certain? Is it kind of like once I get to the site, is it basically self-explanatory how I fill it out? The UCC 11 is. It's just a lien search. There is no form for that. Um, you know, in my state, there's a search box. You just you can, you can put the name of the entity in, and it will search for you in all different states to see if there is a lien. So the name that I would be basically looking up is the Aligas name, correct? The the first correct. name, last name, middle. Correct. Um, and then. Do they, if you recall, do they give you an option to be able to print it out if you don't, or do they send something in receipt to show that you have no lien or there is a lien on your name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can pay for a copy of that. Okay, and could that document be used in um, a matter to show that there is no lien on you if somebody is saying that you so-called um, owe some type of um, obligation? Yes, it could be. 
Yes, it could be. Okay. It, well, and it just needs to be certified. That, that's that's really the only thing that's to it. You know. Oh. I get a certified. I get a certified copy, and you can have it notarized and 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 all of that, right? So UCC okay. is real important. Okay. So this is this will be Matter my fact, last thing. I'm I know I've been holding up the line. Huh? So is this like an aha moment to show that there is like cracks and loopholes in the system when people? Try to or corporations try to say, you know, go into contract with you, but it's kind of like it is fraudulent, and then they don't follow all the steps that they need to follow, and then because we're learning the way that we're learning, we can go back and we can catch their ass and end up winning. <laughs> this is true, yeah. This is very true. Oh. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm so happy and grateful for the information. So. No, no, it's all good. Your, 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 your questions are, um, and I don't mean no, your questions are leading questions, though, because um, it sounds it sounds to me like you have your answers, though, which is which is a good thing, you know. I mean, uh-huh. thing is, is is I don't know, I don't know if you're asking for yourself for clarity or for for the people, but either way, um, I think okay. that it's important that people, okay, well, good, because it's important that people uh-huh. understand that. Uh, you know, you can present that to them, right? Hey, y'all don't have no lean on me. I don't have no lean on this asset. Mm-hmm. I got the first time, first in line. And it's kind of like it's, how you explained to us last week with my mom. You know, you have your trust, and, you know, um, even you have, you, you – we're not using the Constitution because that wasn't made for us. We're working with treaty, but – you know the the obligation the what was that the contract clause in the I constitution still, that you can contract with anybody privately so you know it kind of yeah. like puts you at the forefront again to be able to slide everything up under you know your trust and have this whole new yeah, entity I mean, where they got to deal with I'm still, I still use state constitutions you know I'm mm. I'm going to go back and use organic state constitutions because because they work for me yeah 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 uh-huh Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but but the trees and all of that, all, all of that stuff comes in play. You know what I'm saying? When we like really get into this stuff, and you start looking at the fact that at the end of the day, this is about property. This is a, yeah. and this is what I talk about chattel slavery and all, all that shit is about property. You know yeah. I'm not just like I, I own my own shit. That's right. I hit my UCC years ago. That motherfucker still in the back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. my shit back in, listen, I did my UCC back in 2015. Did uh-huh. that shit uh, uh, a long time ago. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And, and I can update it. I can amend it. You know? But, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I think that people need to really re- recognize that what we're dealing with here is this is a war. This is a, this is a war for, for, for your property. It's a war for yourself. Right? But at the end of the day, it's really a war against yourself. Because uh-huh. these people, a lot of these people, they know what they're doing. They they use a fractional reserve banking to the highest extent. Mhm. Uh-huh. Mhm. Uh-huh. Mhm. Uh-huh. And it's and it's on a level where people people be like, I think you made a comment too. You be fearful of it because you don't know. But it's like. You know, if you take the time and study, that shit gonna resonate with you if it's supposed to. But um, I don't know. It's just diabolical. But you got to jump in that motherfucker so you can get free. That's it's the only way. It's just diabolical shit we're dealing with, yo. Straight up. 
upset like that. It is. You can take it out. It truly is. Yeah, but um, thank you, thank you so much, Joey, for um, what you bring yeah. to the table every Sunday. Because I think everybody's uh, carbon, melanin, whatever you want to call it, is always moving, and you pick up on the vibes and you bring the information every week to keep us um, strengthened and get the fear out I of us, so it. we can just keep pushing forward with the processes. I appreciate it. We all got to shake the fear, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, they, they like I, you know, I, like I tell y'all, I spent all year last year, you know, dealing with issues because I was bringing this information, you know, in many different forms. And you go back, listen, I mean, I went over shit from religion to money. So, you know, you can't be scared with this information. You know, this scared money don't make me money. You know what I mean? And and, and let's just keep it real. This is these are resources, right? And we learn it as a community. This is a private. This is technically this is our private community, right? So we're learning as a community with each other. But it's still important for us to build with each other, you know. So this way, you know, each one teach one. Because because here here's the thing. Delbert Blair uh, said it earlier. He, he he's like, look, if you think you're gonna go against the system by yourself, you're sadly mistaken. You do better to go against this system, uh, you know, in in a sense of of saying, hey, you know. Uh, you know, let, let's all learn this information together, shall we? Um, you you wanna you wanna you wanna do that, but I think I, I recall somebody saying too. I forget who it was, one of the the master teachers. But you know, we be relying. It might have been Bobby Hemmett on everybody coming together. But you know, and it might have been Jonah or you. You know, we've been fighting each other for so long. No, you know, we come from these different tribes or whatever. So. I guess when you can find yeah, some people yeah, to, yeah, that you can vibe with, <laughs> I guess you can make it work like that. But, you know, people's intentions got to be pure. The heart got to be pure and right, you know, because if people really realize what you're fighting up against and what's really going on in the world and who you really are, yeah. you know, you'll you'll come together and put your differences to the side. You know what I'm saying? Because... That's what Queen Valera say, that little clip you play. She say, you know, white people say, well, we're going to work from 9 to 5. And after 5 o'clock, I don't want to see your motherfucking yep. ass. Don't talk to me. Yep. Don't look at me. None of that shit. Yep. Because they, because they understand. They, they, they have a true understanding that, that it's about working together for a common mm-hmm. goal, for their purpose, to get mm-hmm. some shit done. That's right. And we, we work against each other. It's fucked up. That's it right. what it is. I mean. And that's why the whole tribe thing, you know, I started my tribe, you know, and, you know, I, I didn't start the tribe because I wanted to take shit from niggas. I started the tribe because I'm trying to free motherfuckers. I'm trying to help niggas, right. people who don't want to do the shit themselves, right? So here, mm-hmm. we're going to create somewhere for you to come and get that resource, right? That's why I started the tribe. That's why I started doing tags and stuff. And, and mm-hmm. you got cats from other parts of the country, you know, that secretly want to hate, that want to fight. Nigga, fuck you. Fuck all that fighting shit. Nigga, I, nigga, I, listen. When it's time to fight, you won't have to. Because you're the real Neo. You're, you're, you're the real one. I don't, but know, they I, distractions. Not, I stay in my lane. I stay yeah. in my lane. Niggas like that is distractions, and then you can tell they vibrating at the low level, and they not ready for information yes. like what you bring in tonight. Yes. They not ready to use lawful money. They in fear and still want to just keep these, you know, these dollars, what you saying is, they, you can, they can be used, but 
they not ready to up, listen, up their selves. You know what I'm saying? So listen, no disrespect to the more science temple. I respect you know how how they want to move, but I was asked to go into um, a thing on Clubhouse to to drop to drop some information, and the brother you know he was already tight to some chick went off on him. Um, about about the temple and faults of the temple. So I come in and I try to get the information, you know, on how to correct the temples and, and how to do it the right way, you know. And I started dropping the laws. And immediately as I started dropping the laws to educate the brothers in there, the guy that was moderating the room closed the room and dropped the whole room. He did not. He did not. And he was with the temple. He did not want that information disseminated. That nigga don't want you to take his spot. You can't take his yeah, spot. Yeah, I ain't gonna get that now. Fuck that spot. You know what I'm saying? You don't want you don't want me to teach here, bro. I go somewhere else, bro. I, listen, I I can start my own more science temple. I call it the more temple. It, what is Moorish anyway? It is something like a more. A kind of. You kind of like nigga. a more. Yeah, you kind. You I'm still kind of a nigga. I'm a more. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like shit. I am. <laughs> You know, and, and like I said, no disrespect to my brothers in the temples. But we have to get on the right page. I don't want to fight with brothers in the temples. I want y'all to get the right information so y'all can disseminate in your temples correctly. Because do you think the Jews are fighting in their temples? Because they're calling because they want to call themselves Jewish? No. 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 That's why they still no. got their own little communities. They still do what they do. They still in control. And, and all they of that. fight amongst you know each other in the private, but you won't never know it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you know, and if they got to take one of them out, people. you know, you don't know about that neither. They just get rid of those types of people. You don't so. know about none of that. You don't know about that. Right. But, but the nation of Islam operated like that when they took out Malcolm. You know, everybody thought it was the government. It was the nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but this is why I don't operate within society, within those 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 particular realms of society like that. Because because number one, I'm not I'm not gonna be subject to none of that shit. You don't like my views and opinions? Cool, we we can agree to disagree, but we gonna still educate each other. But Joey, doesn't that go back to the trust where being under the covenant, being under your own God? And, you know, you really only supposed to answer to God. Well, so it's kind of well, like, you know, people need to move like that. gods and goddesses of what they purport in and don't really give a fuck what the, no. the next nigga really got to say. Because yeah. you here yeah, for well, your own mission. You know what I'm saying? Speak this, right? Speak this, right? People, when you join one of these organizations, people is like, Nation of Islam, any of these organizations, more science simple, right? Um, you're under those organizations. Right, so then you become part of their bylaws and their their, their secret laws and anything else that they want to, you know. Those are those are religious organizations. You know, think about Scientology. People use Scientology, like the brother was talking about a couple weeks ago, right, to to get out of shit like raping women. That's fucked up. But they use it. You don't think these motherfuckers are using shit like, oh, I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him, so we're gonna take him out. Nigga, I'm not part of your organization. I'm not part of no temple. Uh, they got uh, my own temple. I got my own temple. And that's that's what I appreciate about um Jonah and you, you know, versus coming into um, you know, being in somebody else's organization. Y'all teach us how to do our own thing, to get our own family together. And then once we get our yeah. own family together, we got an option of, you know what I'm saying, bending with your nation or you know, getting with and your you tribe and, and creating a, a, a nationhood, yeah, you, you know, something like that. Yeah, exactly. 
Listen, man, I, like I said, I, I created an aspect to help resurrect what our ancestors lost. That's right. Right? Not, mm-hmm. not to diminish who we are. Not to mm-hmm. take away from what, from what other people are doing. I applaud mm-hmm. brothers in the in the well I applaud I applaud anybody who who has a, 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 some type of gumption to be able to get up and go do something. This is what it is. Right? If you want to because our people need help. Let's just keep it mm-hmm. real. Yeah. And especially so, if you bring up the more science simple. I'm a little bit familiar with them, but not in a facet where I ever been a part. But I remember the second seminar that I came to, I met a sister there, an older, an elder, and she was telling me and my mom how she signed her house over to them. And then something ended up happening with her house where her house got foreclosed on or something like that, and nobody from the more science simple was there to assist her, help her, or nothing. So, you know, she came to, you know, the, the seminars because she heard about the, the, the good, good information and I mean, I don't know what kind of happened after that, but her experience just let me know, like, people not out here really, you know, doing a service to people. They disservicing people because they give them this information mm-hmm. and then just leave them on their own or, or end up taking yeah. their property. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, yeah, I, I've and I've seen that happen, and that's one of the reasons why I got out of uh, of honor when I was in uh, the Aboriginal Republic of North America. Over there, that's why I got out of that because they were they were doing that to people. I, I had I had a buddy who he got locked up and he was expecting uh-huh. them to show up and help him and they did. So I mean, you have to. I mean, this is why this is a free form uh, of education, right? So people can come and get the education and you can get the consultations and all of that. But more more than that, you don't have to depend on me because you're going to learn the information. I don't. I'm not showing up and go for you. You got to sit on your own school. And nobody's going right. to take for me. That's right. So to everybody who listening, I don't know if it's going to be a blurb, but this is the best place for you to be in if you want to get free, if you're trying to learn the correct way and move away from that bickering and low-level shit, this is the information that's going to get you there. You know, these brothers is really practicing what they preach, they study, and we've seen remedy from it. And the only way you're going to get remedy is to, man, know thyself and show thyself be true. And get on yeah. your, your dean and do what you got to do. So I give y'all Thanks. much props. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome, Joey. Uh, I'm going to go to the next spot. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Uh, oh, peace. Peace. I didn't mean to cut y'all. Peace. Let's go to 314-659. Look at that shit. Thank you. 314. To the motherfucking God, Joey. Peace to the God. I'm all right, man. Listen, I actually uh, was on a call line earlier. It's me and my brother on this motherfucker. He had to, uh, yeah, yeah, he was in this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, what up? Peace. Mama, my... Peace, God. Hey, crazy. You are bringing that shit. Oh, man. so let me straight to it, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so basically, Lawful money, what my understanding from everything that you dispensed today, lawful money is really not a tangible thing like we would think. Like, your silver coin is a gold coin. This is lawful money. Give me the lawful money. And it has, this lawful money is worth 500 You know what I'm saying? It's a, it seems well, to be like a process, well, that something that you have money. to effectuate. Yeah, so, so, so look, if I got five pieces of silver in my pocket, that's lawful money. 
But if I'm using my full faith True, true, right, right, right I, t- I tell them to redeem my full faith and credit And lawful money That's lawful money too So my discharge check Exactly Is lawful money Right, right, right God damn And I like how you said How we trying to get to these securities And we ain't even practicing using lawful money anyway That's what I'm saying Gotta go Now see How many people you know use court satisfaction Whenever you use lawful money there Court of satisfaction. Say that again. People don't even think about that. People use a court of satisfaction and never write redeeming lawful money on that either. Hmm. Mm. Mm. So I'm just saying that, that's a method that could be employed. I've seen it. I've seen it work. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think I'm getting an aha moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, 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 okay. God damn. Yep. So, I mean, like I said, man, lawful money is, is it's a broad array of things. When it comes, yeah. when it comes down, it accomplishes gold, a lot of different silver. things. Yeah, it's gold, silver, it's your, it's, it's your labor, it's your full faith and credit. All of that. Hmm. Well, damn. So, damn, damn, damn. No, we got to keep that in mind. Man, we are we 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 they fucked us up, man. They hypnotized the shit out of everybody. God damn. You know they got a. a, a, We've been doing the wrong. Do that. They got a duty to do that. So mm, mm, mm. keep you lost in the sauce. I dig it. Yeah, exactly. That's just crazy, man. Mm-hmm. God damn. I appreciate you calling, man. I gotta um, I'm gonna reach out Indeed. to you this week. I'm glad you called. All right. Cause I didn't have your number. So I'll, I'll yeah, man. Usually when I. All right, yeah. Cause usually when you have your shows, I be at work. Like I'm at work right now, but just fuck it, man. I'm glad I tuned into the shit. Oh, let me ask me too. you one thing mm-hmm. Um, on a on a on a non UCC joint, since they burnt up, uh, what's that, the that county over there? Um, I actually called them, and the lady told me that they stopped processing that type of paperwork because due to the fact that a lot of those people didn't have property in that county, then. Mm-hmm. It was like a half thing, and then she said that, oh, we might resume it soon again, and then, you know, she she started glitching. So I was like, damn, okay, so that means that the way you just said this, there's no, like, actual resolution put out, you know what I'm saying, they ain't a mental state constitution saying that you have to have property in this county to do this process. So... No, you know, I, I went to, um, registrar's office last week, and mm-hmm. they actually had brought that up. Believe it or not, that, that's one of the things. Is, that's why that's why they do them as a miscellaneous file. Okay, because that's full full fucking faith of credit. The guys do that shit. Yeah, yeah, that's a miscellaneous file. Exactly, exactly she, right. She even did say it's miscellaneous. I was like miscellaneous. I'm like, huh? So mm, that's why when you do it like now, that, they can't find that shit. It's one of those records that can't yeah. If you found. do it, if you do it another way, you record it as a deed. Hmm. 
What do you mean by that? Talk. Deed of trust. Um, any type of deed. Agreement, mm. Right? The deed. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, the recorder's office does deeds. That's what they file. Right, 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 right. So, anything else that, that's not being filed in that particular manner. Okay. Go to the miscellaneous. miscellaneous. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 so you do it on you do it under. Right. So, now you see it's done under miscellaneous filing. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right, I'm on. That's shit. I ain't got nothing else, man. I'm glad to touch bases with you, man. And likewise, hit me up. Come on, come on. All right, I hit you up. Indeed. Got you. Got you. All right, peace, God. Peace, God. All right, we had a lot of people sitting there. We lost a few people too. Let's go to six three six two four nine. You're on the line. Hey, peace and God, Joe. A great show. I want to ask. I want to ask a question. Forgive me a second. When you delineate your status, um, like, like, is there a real difference between not using that full faith and credit after you, after you get into your proper status and trust and stuff like that, versus uh, like, is it more efficient? Like, because I know you said using full faith and credit is for both sides. Well, 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 well yeah. Because remember, the difference here is that you're under the treaties now, mm. so. Not only are you allowed full faith and credit, but you're also afforded the right to the treaty, too. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. That's the Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. And, uh, okay, my next question was, I want to find out, Um, I remember a little while back you was talking about uh, the Capra accounts in uh, KC. I'm not sure you were talking about Missouri or Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah, it was. It, uh, yeah, it, no, it, it was Kansas City, Kansas, Missouri. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so they... they, 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 they they hijack people's stuff. Uh, I wanted to find out, yeah. like, how do you find out, like, like, like here in St. Louis, like, how do you find out if they did the same thing here? You just probably got like, to. If I need to do um, anything, research on it. I mean, the thing is, I'm not from the Missouri side. I'm from the Kansas side. You know, so for me, <laughs> okay, right, right, right. that don't affect me. You know what I mean, oh that, man, they're not drinking my cappers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, but I mean, like, like when you had mentioned it anyway, um, it's not the fact that they uh, got into anybody in a, in a private nothing like that, right? I mean, well, he, no, no, because because thing is, is that they're not tapping into your money, right? Your money's been set to the side. Oh, okay. right. As a private person, exactly. your money's set to the side, and technically, to be honest with you, they're not tapping into anybody's money. They're tapping into the capital reserves. I mean, they're not even doing that. What they're really doing is the reserves are interest. It's happening to the interest on the capital. So let oh, me explain okay. what that means. That means that they come in and they say, look, we need to borrow some money for the capital. They borrow against the capital in the form of what? Some type of creation or, or some type of loan creation. Mm-hmm. So they securitize against, against the credit. Like what you just mentioned about the bank. Okay, I got you. All right. Yeah. So this securitization. Okay. All right, Oh uh, yeah, and I just wanted to just add right fast. Uh, yeah, um, I was totally uh, writing out a few things. You know, uh, the IRS was always the easiest. I mean, it was basically the only ones. To be honest with you, they they didn't give you no recourse at all, no problem. But everybody, you know, that was my thing. I was like, yo, 
outside of uh, resorting to like a court of satisfaction on their behinds. You know, um, what else? Is there a different remedy from using full faith and credit? Yeah, I, I get that. Maybe I need to rephrase well, it. Huh? Well, well, yeah. Well, well first of all, you, you, can, you can discharge a loan by telling them to redeem a lawful money. You you can use gold and silver certificates, right? But uh, um, you know you, you you can hell you, you you can even bring up the fact that they securitize your signature. Right, right. They co-sign crap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm in public right now, so I'll try to make. I just want to make my question short. And simple, uh, short. I appreciate. You. Okay. Appreciate God. everything. Peace of God. All right. No problem. Peace of God. Oh yeah. Um, if you want to get in, go ahead and call in before we get out of here. we got a few minutes left. Uh, make sure that you sign up for the child support webinar. If you want to get on that, we got child support webinar coming up this upcoming weekend. All right. Uh, you can go to com. sign up for that. Uh, Treaty and Trust webinar is coming up uh, in March. And we're going to start our private classes in March as well. All right, so we have a lot of people that had their hands up that we didn't get to. Um, some of them hung up. Some of them put their hand down. So with that being said, we're a little bit over time tonight. So I want to thank y'all for calling in. Uh, I will holler at y'all later in the week. Make sure that y'all sign up. That I throughout the whole week to sign up for the webinar. Okay? And, um, so, oh, real quick. The, the business, the, what is it, the religious association webinar that we did, that is up for sale, so if you want to get a copy of that, you can get that. And the webinar that we did yesterday on real estate is now up for sale, okay? Private land investment and just general information that you need to know. Okay, that's up for sale as well also. All right, so with that being said, man, I'm up out of here. I'm going to see y'all next week, and uh, hopefully, y'all staying on top of y'all shit. Peace. <laughs> What is that? <laughs>